This is Tom King. I now write Batman, but I still love Dick. And this is still 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> That sounds like an extra special woohoo to me. I, wa- I wonder why, though. Well, I w- you know, we'll give it to you from my loins. Your loins? <laughs> Fruit of the loom, maybe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's been a long time coming. Oof, a whole, whole year. year. Yep. Okay. You, usually we say, oh, man, it feels just like yesterday we did this. This does not feel like yesterday to me. It feels like uh, a, it's been a long year. It's been a year, right? Yeah, it feels like there a year. There was some heavy lifting with this with this year's edition. I agree. I mean, there, there, yes, we've, we've, we've had our reading list, and I, I know I try to check out some notes down at the beginning of the year when they tend to get lost along the way. But there were yeah. – um, it. I had to really think back on, on some of my favorite things and then it just it, it, it snowballed from there as to some things were just kind of a given but yeah it was, you guys it was find that like I find that every year when I go back and read the uh, show notes which I do like to spark memory it's amazing how many things we end up talking about multiple times yes and then how many things I feel like we loved but either we don't put in the show notes or we barely actually talk about them on the show right well, that brings me to my next point, which is one, I've made um, a resolution that I will start a 2019 Evernote page, or forever how long that lasts. That, I thought you were going to say spreadsheet. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and um, whenever something really lights my fire, I'm going to put it just on the Evernote page, just the title, right? And um, two, I'm going to... Because on the show notes, I don't write down everything. And I think that does a disservice when we go to search whether we like something or not or whether we talked about it. And um, so, yeah, two things that I'm going to make a concerted effort to to do this year. But not yeah, for this you, episode. No. I was going to say, one. I've never, I've never felt compelled to try and upgrade our Slack account like I did this uh, past few weeks. I'm like, maybe we'll just... Maybe we'll go pro for this, so I can get those notes. <laughs> yeah, I need those. I need those January and February notes, man. Yes, true. Yes. And this is the whole truth and nothing but the truth because it's eleven o'clock comics, episode five hundred and eighty-four. <laughs> our mega gigantic yearly special. It is the eleven o'clockers for twenty eighteen. Woohoo! And I am long-winded Vince B. Oh, that's not all. That's long. I am David A. Price. My fingernails. Woohoo. That's true. And I am not afraid of my old Twitter comments because I'm Kevin Hart. Oh, I don't get it. There must have been something went on today. No, Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Oscars this year. It was a dream for him. It was always a dream to host the Oscars, and he was going to be the host. And then people unearthed uh, homophobic jokes and comments he used to make. And uh, so he he re- he resigned from. Oh my goodness! Know, people don't grow. Oh boy! And, you but uh, yeah. You're not Kevin Hart. You're Jason Wood. Everybody. All to be Kevin. Hart. Was yes. I? And in, in maybe you've been paying attention on the intro, but there's a fourth voice here. Jason, who that? Yes, it is. It's uh, we were just complimenting him on his impeccable taste in uh, in all things. Uh, he is. Uh, a friend of the show, a longtime friend of the show, a, a valuable contributor 
to many uh, spots on the interwebs that we uh, we chit chat. Uh, a hell of a good comics critic, particularly in written form, in his own right. And I might add, uh, and probably saving the the best for our perspective for, for last, uh, one of our uh, earliest and, and staunchest patrons, our, our good friend and first time appearance on the show, Mister John O'Neill. Hello, everyone! Yay! And he has wow, a, yes, and he has a great no, voice too. Here. No, it's, you got uh, It's going to be hard to live up to all those nice <laughs> things. Um, yeah, the written word. We'll see about the spoken. Um, <laughs> as far as the comic criticism, but you should feel very blessed. On, this be- is um, this is a treat. Uh, um, now, since we we have never had you on the air before, give, give the listeners a little little peek into uh, the live of Mister O'Neill. Where do you live? Oh, what's, your, okay. what's, your, what's your world sure. here? Oh, um, <laughs> um, I'll keep it short and sweet because I know we got a long episode mm-hmm. ahead of us. But um, I live. In the southeastern part of the United States. No, I, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, Respect. and um, worked in printing and publishing uh, most of my career. I'm uh, currently sort of in between things right now, but working um, some book retail and doing some other little projects on the side. And as Jason mentioned, I'm uh, writing some reviews uh, for comics and graphic novels and did some reviews for uh, old television shows that was an interesting feature on the site uh, i don't know if well we'll leave that but um yeah it's been it's been fun it's been something that it's uh, been nice to sort of get my toes back in a little bit and helped me i you know you guys talked this was an episode or two ago about you know really trying to think critically about you know this medium that we love and I think this has helped me do that, you know, writing a lot. Jason, I know you did some things for Astro City um, here recently on the Patreon page. So, um, yeah, it's a cool exercise, but that's just sort of broad strokes. Uh, Yeah, like I said, happy to be here, uh, happy to be a part of the community, and um, happy to be talking to you guys on this special episode. Right on. Nice. Well, John, I think you should feel blessed because Jason never introduced David or myself like that. I mean, that that was that was glowing. Well, He's just like, yeah, yeah, these are my dogs, whatever. I mean, not to go too off on a tangent, but to be fair, uh, you guys were already well established for three episodes before I ever came on the show. So <laughs> yes, before we allowed you to come on the show, yeah. I would love to go back and hear the snark that I knew must have been present from David on those three episodes. <laughs> oh, whatever, because <laughs> he didn't really know me well that back then, and he was probably like, "Is this motherfucker ever coming on the show? Is yes. he ever going to join us? <laughs> See a special invitation." <laughs> and and you don't need a special invitation to get relatively inexpensive comic books, graphic novels, and all the other stuff in the previous catalog. All you got to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. One more time, DCBService.com, where you can get your books for the absolute lowest prices anywhere. Now, I'm not going to go deep on this because we got a lot to do. Marvel, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys the Marvel History Number 1 will cost you $1.99. From Dark Horse, Invisible Kingdom Number 1, $1.99. And from Kodensha, it's Gleepnir Graphic Novel Volume 1 for $7.14. There's only one place to go to get your comics far less than everybody else is paying, and that's Discount Comic Book Service. Beep, beep. There you go. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. That's the end. So what are we drinking? We got to let the guests go first. Yes, we do. 
Well, um, I'm usually a bourbon guy, but since I knew this was going to be a long episode, I didn't. I didn't want to get all Neesman on you towards the back end of it. I um, <laughs> I um, I'm drinking some red wine tonight. Um, this is from Guyersville, California. It is a Pinot Noir, and it is called Bees Box. Ooh. And my wife and I had it at a restaurant uh, not too long ago, and um, really enjoyed it. Started picking it up at the store, and it's one of those things where you know you buy a bottle, save a bee, where a portion of the proceeds go to you know organizations that uh, help protect and save the bee population. So, which is uh, has a part in. Let's see what it says here on the bottle. We have a bee to thank for every one in three bites of food that we eat. And their well-being is being jeopardized. So so you can feel good while you're getting your buzz here from some Pinot Noir from Bees Box. Nice. I like how you incorporated the buzz into that, too. Right. Very crafty. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Because this is a special episode, I pulled out a special brew from, um, let's see, it's brewed in New York, best place on the planet. It is nice. the Brooklyn East IPA. And I love okay. it. Okay. Yes. What's the IBU on that one, Vince? Um, da, ba, ba. I don't know. I can't okay. tell. I and I also don't have my glasses on. So ah, yes, that's going to be hard to see. Fair enough. We'll always we'll save the we'll save the the grand drinker of us all for last. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a wine I have drank many times on the show. One of our house wines. It is Santa Julia Reserve which is an Argentinian table wine, a mix of a couple of different varietals. goes down very smoothly, and uh, like John, I can't get turnt tonight because, number one, it's going to be a long episode, and number two, I'm on many different types of medications, so uh, I probably shouldn't be drinking wine at all, but it is the Ekloskers. That's the best so. time to get turnt. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The histamines in the wine. Yeah. Yeah. So King Dat, what have you been, did you already have an old-fashioned at the restaurant? Uh, no, tonight I actually... Um, I had a cab. I had a nice little glass oh, of Cabernet Sauvignon okay. while I was waiting to pick up dinner. Um, I thought about the old-fashioned, but A, my girl wasn't behind the bar, and I didn't want a big old block of ice in in, in the glass because it is kind of chilly out. So I figured, mm-hmm. wine will hit me just right. I'll have some wine for the show so I don't feel like mixing. And um, Lake Vince, what I am drinking is also from New York State. It is from a... Uh, a winery that we actually haven't been to in a while. Um, we were there maybe two summers ago, but this is from Millbrook. It's a Cabernet Franc. It's uh, from 2017. And um, Millbrook, of course, loves touting how one, they're one of the um, they're, they're the people who pretty much, I know Vince um, told me who created the logo, but Millbrook was kind of instrumental in making the, basically, I guess, commissioning it, but 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 making sure the I Love New York, I Love NY logo came to life. Nice. Um, but yeah, it is a, uh, it's it's extremely tasty. It's it's kind of on the dry side, and I haven't had it in a while, and I figured um, the Clusters is a good time to maybe. Dust off a bottle and crack it open. Sweet, nice. sweet. So going into this, if you don't know the details of the 11 o'clockers, you will shortly. Because what it is, 
is our favorite, not best, we, we specifically use the word favorite, our favorite comics, graphic novels, OGNs, publishers, artists, creators for 2019, not only our favorites, but also the favorites of our listenership. They vote on it. Jason diligently tallies all the votes and comes up with a nice, beautiful spreadsheet. Hell. And, um, and, and we read from it. And uh, so that's what this is. This is just basically a laundry list of all our favorite stuff and your favorite stuff from 2018. Not only ours, and as Jason does put in the extra work, you're going to hear our favorites um, as well for the first time, um, our guests for this episode, John's favorites, and we will also be giving everybody the top three winners uh, based on our listeners. So everybody who... uh, Entered and and um, volunteered their favorites on the uh, on the Google form that Jason created. Uh, you'll hear what our community also thinks was um, floated their boat this year, last year, twenty eight. Correct, and and stay tuned because as many of you listening know, if you did go ahead and fill out an entry uh, this year for the first time, we will be having uh, a random person who contributed will be chosen for. Uh, and they will. Their prize will be an Omniboo from Marvel or DC that's in print. So if you're the winner and you you hit us up, you tell us which one you want. I will Amazon it to you. But uh, but we will do that at the end. So you got to hang out because it's a nice long one. It's your incentive to hang out, or you could fast forward. I guess if you're if you're really into that. But um, we will have John parts. after we're done our final <laughs> categories. We'll have John. Uh, I have a little system. Will give me a number. I will save those details until then. But he'll give me a number, and uh, we will use that number to pick the winner. And, uh, yeah, so that should be a nice little, little fun too. Got to give everybody props. We had our second most ever contributions this year. Uh, and I realized that it's, um, it probably is a pain in the ass for a lot of you, I'm sure. Cause we have 30 categories, which is a lot more than I think a lot of these shows that uh, do this kind of thing. So it's asking a lot of you. So we love you for it, but, uh, almost 170 of you, uh, completed, uh, the, uh, the, the duties and that's great. So we have a nice, healthy cross-section of different uh, listenerships and interests. So yes. I think we got a really nice – it was fun. Oh, almost no category this year had an insanely high you know, winner in terms of percentages because okay. it was such a diverse uh, bunch of uh, answers. So it was fun. So as Jason said, you're going to have to wait till the end of the episode to find out who is going home with the omnibus. But I'm going to throw you a bone halfway through the episode because this is the first – episode that will beautifully uh show the album art winner daniel white for the uh the main uh winner in the our contest but as we said we're going to have a secondary winner who gets to be on all of the patron sponsored episodes and we're going to tell you who that is halfway through the episode excellent yeah all right so as a reminder to uh those that um forget or if you're a new listener this year we have 30 categories. We will uh, alternate. Uh, we'll take turns in terms of who goes first and so forth. And uh, as Dap alluded, the first person for each category will go ahead and give the listeners uh, top three choices, three, two, one. Then they'll give theirs, and then we'll go from there. So, in um, in honor of our guest, it's always uh, let the, you know let the guest go first. 
Mr. O'Neill will start us off in our first category of the year, which is our favorite comic-related non-comic item. Well, um, I guess we start with the listeners' uh, response. Yeah, just start with yes. like the third place and, and the percentage, and then you go from there. And then, and then when you're after that, you go ahead and tell them what your choice was. Well, the the listeners in in third place, and I think this says something about what was out there this year when the third place listeners winner i think racked up about 700 million in domestic box office (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's the black panther film um with seven percent of the vote the listeners second place and i have to say this was very close and i almost kind of wonder if uh maybe some release dates might not have uh, changed uh, some Mm -hmm. things but uh listeners second place was spider-man into the spider-verse and listeners' first place, the movie that Vince saw this year. <laughs> Which is probably Avengers, what swayed everybody to vote for it. Avengers Infinity War. Yes. Yes, yes 25% of the vote. So. That's nice, healthy, healthy lead. Yep. Right? 2%. So, oh, and I didn't mention the percentage. But yeah, it was just two percentage points off there. So, um, and I guess, you know, there was, you know, there was the, the Spider-Man game, which I know a lot of people were into. And, oh, yeah. Uh, a, 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 new, a number of television shows, but yeah, that's a pretty healthy chunk there in first and second place of the total voting. So, but so yeah, I guess my my choice for this category is uh, I sided with the listener's second place choice and went with Spider Man into the Spider Verse. And I have to say, you know, I, I felt like I knew what I was getting into when I went to the theater, and I actually took my my young daughter and my wife and. And at some point, and I shared this, I shared this story on the uh, the Patreon Slack channel, available to um, Patreon supporters. Um, that my daughter leaned into me and said, "You like this because you know all the characters." So at that point during the movie, I was like, "Oh no, I don't know if she's getting into this at all." Or, but of course, she jumped up at the end of the movie and said, when does this come out on disc? So I, I know that nice. it got to her. And she's been sort of a tough nut to crack when it comes to superhero stuff, and, you know, which has been surprising to me because my wife and I are, are sort of nerds and like science fiction and fantasy. And so she's just, you know, hasn't quite come to it yet. But it really, you know, it got through uh, to her. And I, I really felt like what we were watching in the theater was a comic book come to life. And... You know, from the zipatones to the the sound effects on the screen, um, and I think what what I hope most about this movie is that it sort of charts a new course for comic inspired animation. And because I, I think what we've seen so much of, we've seen a lot of things that are very much anime inspired, and we've seen a lot of things that are sort of that Tim verse, you know, inspired, very model sheet driven. Not to say that this movie didn't have model sheets, of course, but it was it just was not afraid to take chances stylistically and really pay homage to the form from which it was birthed. And I think it was Jason Latour who said something, you know, maybe on Twitter about that there were there were a lot of comic book artists born, you know, by watching this movie. And I think that's probably true. You know, I think they're probably seeing that and experiencing, you know, what it looks like to see a comic book come to life like that. So, um, so yes, that was my choice as well. I sided with the listeners second place vote. Um, Spider-Man into the spider verse was my winner for the 11 o'clock. Nice. Wonderful. Um, 
I uh, yeah, I mean, this was an amazing year. Uh, I think we posted some data on the site. There were like almost thirty comic-related television shows that aired this year on various mediums. There were uh, seven tentpole uh, comic-related movies, and of the listeners' choices, I mean, all three of those are awesome films. I have to say that Black Panther and Avengers: Infinity War are probably in my top five if I had to rank them of MCU movies. So amazing choices, but I had to side with uh, with uh, John. I, I, I think uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse gets my vote because of its uniqueness. You know, I, I, um, I, I can't say I went into that one with any kind of expectations or hype. And uh, I even I, I always go to these films with my wife and kids. And my wife is kind of like, I don't know about this one. I mean, it's like a cartoon. And but but I think we all left and were just just gobsmacked as as many people have been. It's just it was a such a triumph of 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 cartooning and. You know, a lot of us were really excited for Incredibles too, um, because Incredibles was was, uh, was was such an astounding achievement back when Pixar did it. And for me, like this was the movie I hoped Incredibles two was in the sense that it just it it was a, you know it was it was a sea change um, in what animated films can be uh, in the genre. And uh, yeah, so so it uh, it edged out for me the other uh, Marvel flicks this year. Nice. Yeah, it was. Um... As soon as the cluster sheet was ready, I, I kind of knew what my um, what my pick was going to be for this category, uh, and and all throughout the year, because um, even when I went and saw Infinity War, I'm like, all right, it, this is the one. Like, Black Panther was my pick throughout the entire year, and then. I saw it into the Spider Verse, and and if if I did not see that on New Year's Eve, my pick would have been Black Panther. As much as I love Infinity War, um, Black Panther just affected me more. I'll say, but into the Spider Verse, you guys have already said it, it. It's just it's it's a beautiful piece of work. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I laughed. I came close to crying. It's, it's one of those things where I, I need to see it again. Uh, my wife definitely, she said the other day, you know, if, if we didn't have things to do, uh, last weekend, we probably would have snuck out to, um, to make our way to the theater. Cause I guess there's little things that she's seen, um, over the past few weeks, it's, it's piqued her interest. So she definitely wants to see it. We will see it. I'd like to see it again, uh, in a theater soon. Um, but I, that was, it, 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 it's, there was no two ways about it that that was going to be my pick this year. Sweet. Well, listeners know that I'm the holdout when it comes to these kind of things, but I did play catch up towards the end of the year. I saw Thor Ragnarok, I saw Black Panther, and uh, I enjoyed them, but I think. Every Marvel movie pales in comparison to Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I think it's just wall-to-wall comic book action. It's it's a beautifully paced film. It's not too long. I, I think two and a half hours is just right for the s- scope of the thing. I, I loved everything about Infinity War because uh, as of this episode, I've seen it three times. Excellent. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. It is a great movie. I agree. Yeah. All right, moving on. Second category, I'm up. It's uh, favorite new to me. A little bit weird category here uh, in that it's basically uh, anything that you dug that uh, isn't necessarily from this year. It's the one time 
uh, our categories are focused on what happened in 2018. Um, and as you can imagine, because of that, it's uh, it's also a category where there really isn't much consensus from the audience because, I mean, we all have uh, 100 years of comics to choose from. But um, nevertheless, there were some uh, some decent showings. And in third place with 2% of the vote was Sheriff of Babylon, and an homage to, uh, to to Tom and Mitch and their their omnipresent stardom. Uh, in second place, with three percent of the vote, was Monstrous uh, by Marjorie Liu and Sonata Takeda, the uh, the grand the grand champions of the uh, this year's Eisner Awards, and and uh, I would say one of the few books of the uh, month that we did that we all loved very much uh, that we had unity on. And then with five percent of the vote. Uh, the winner for the listeners new to me was Black Hammer, which um, I, I really encompassed anything related to Black Hammer because there's a lot of different titles there, but uh, kind of all got lumped in together. Anything that uh, referenced Lemire's Black Hammer universe got the nod there. So congrats to uh, to Jeff on that, that pocket universe he's creating. And um, I am up uh, for this one. And for me, the new to me was... Um, for patrons, this is no surprise. For for those of you who aren't, maybe this is a surprise. It's Astro City. Um, I had read a, an issue here or there. I think last year, Dap and I talked about the two Mike Norton dog issues, which you read that had just come out. But uh, but I still think it qualifies because I hadn't read most of Astro City uh, before we did a book of the month uh, early in the year on the first volume. And I loved it so much and saw it as such a white space that uh, I spent... Uh, a good chunk of uh, of the middle of the year reviewing uh, issue by issue a big piece of it. And I still have some to go, but uh, I really, really loved it as, as I mean, no surprise, it's it's many people's favorite favorite comics of the last decade or two, and I can see why. And uh, so one of those years where it was a, a really special new to me. So um, and, and maybe it probably would, would be up for winning again this year if it wasn't already the winner for, for 18. So. Hmm. Uh for me, um, my favorite new to me, and this is a uh, testament to and, and a shout out to our um, patrons who get to vote for Book of the Month. Um, the winner, um, I believe it was December, uh, was Darwin Cook's Catwoman, Selena's Big Score. And it was for the Book of the Month was the first time I read the story. And it was looking at a couple of things as I was going through my notes and seeing uh, the odds and ends that I did read um, throughout the year that were new, um, that were published before 2018. Um, As much as I enjoyed a lot of them, um, I think just looking over it all, uh, my favorite was was Darwin's work. And it was uh, this... Pretty much once I started um, whittling things down, it, it was easy to pick. So that was my favorite new to me. Good choice. Thanks, man. Well, I, I can't believe that was new to you. <laughs> I, I can't get over that. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> A couple of months I didn't read comic books. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, happens. it happens. Right? I went with a book that we talked about many times and um, – Listeners may have uh, gotten the impression that uh, because we talked about it as it was coming out, that it was a new title. Uh, it's a new title in the fact that it's currently being published, but the work... Well, it's translated. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a new translation and uh, a new publisher. But 
this series was created in 2016 and published for, I think, three years or after that. Um, it's Infinity 8 by uh, Lionforge, written by Louis okay, Trondheim right. and Zepp, and art by Dominique Bertel, Olivier uh, Vatine, and a bunch of others. It's just a magnificent book. So. That graphically diverse, it's 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 uh, a stylistic tour de force. We love it, and uh, I had to pick it for my favorite new to me because I didn't have space for it anywhere else. Because I like, I like, <laughs> I, hey, I want to be honest. This is Vince's the beautiful death category. Yeah, I I, I wanted to for you Anglophiles. Right? <laughs> like, for anybody who doesn't speak anything other than English, I wanted to celebrate all of the stuff that I loved the previous year. So. This category was a good fit for Infinity and is, 8. And, and I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to derail this. But this is, this is what I love about when it's time for the eleven classics because it, it's like, it's like listening to Vince or Jason pick their favorite children. And it's like, I mean, we know with Jason, it's it's Jackson, but with, we know that we have, um, we we, I, I love how it's. It, it's like when we say when when people are on the Facebook page and it's like, you know, what's your what's your top five favorite movies you saw this year well i like these five but an honorable mention and oh if i was able to see and it's like dude i said five it's like why can't so when we say favorite i know it's difficult and it hurts and you kind of just have to pick the one but but i i love how we, we we try to justify how we can fit something in and and this was perfect for vince because yes it is new we read it this year it was published this year but it's not a new piece of art right as it was originally intended so i mean it's it's great, but I, I love how we try to have to we have to make sure that you know we, we mention this person or we mention that work because well, we talked about it so much. We obviously have to fit it somewhere on here. Got it. It's funny you say that because before John goes, I have to say that in years in the past, I definitely have tried with our categories to um, fit as many people or books as I can in. So you know, but this year I made a promise to myself that if a creator or a book would legit be the number one in multiple categories. I wasn't going to knock it down to mention someone else. I was going to make it right. my, That's so you'll see once we get to the bigger categories, the, 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 the I, I just, I didn't do that. This year. And I love that. No, I, I know it's, it's, it's so, definitely, it felt weird. And, and by the way, like three seconds before we logged on, I almost changed uh, one of the, the, the last categories uh, that we're going to do one of the big ones because of that. I'm like, ah, I could, I could, include both of these creators but but i said no no no. i said this creator was my my favorite at what they do and they were my favorite overall and they're getting both votes so but anyway john go ahead and uh, grammys yeah exactly so uh so go ahead sir so yeah my new to me um which is a it's a title that i it's unbelievable actually the first six collections of this are on comiXology unlimited unlimited and so got to read it all for free. Well, relatively, um, you know, you're paying six bucks a month for Comicsology Unlimited. But um, this was an Eisner winner for best ongoing in 2016. And you know, Jason uh, talks about white spaces. Uh, I I love this creator, but for some reason I just hadn't checked this out. And I'm talking about John Allison's Giant Days from Boom. And if you don't know anything about uh, Giant Days, it's the story of Daisy, Esther, and Susan in college. And it's it's just a blast. There is no reason why this should be a book that I enjoyed as much as I did. Um, but I think it really boiled down to just generally 
uh, being in tune or enjoying British sensibilities and humor. And it really just encap- uh, encapsulates that um, for these three young girls and uh, what they're going through when they're in college and the little adventures they have and all the little non sequiturs and um, strange things that happen to them and relationship things. And I just enjoyed the hell out of it. And um, I'm about, I guess, about four collections in. So, yeah, it's it's my favorite uh, new to me. And like I said, Eisner winner in 2016. And for whatever reason, I had never even looked at it twice. So. Um, that's my winner. Good choice. So now we have your biggest news of the year. Um, and I, I'm 53% of it. you got it wrong for the record. But. <laughs> so <laughs> I love y'all, but 53% of you were completely incorrect. But, at this but, one. but see, it's weird. Cause I, and I think John and I might, 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 might touch on a little bit, but <laughs> you're, you're in third place uh, at 6% was the Disney Fox merger, which I guess, you know, I mean, considering at the rate um, conglomerates and corporations are gobbling up other conglomerates and corporations, it's, it's not all that surprising, but the fact that it is, it's, it's two companies that um, tell stories featuring characters we love. Um, it's a big deal. The second place is just baffling because it was announced in 2017. So, uh, 7% of you thinks that Bendis starting at DC was the biggest Bruh. news of 2018, which means I'm guessing you finally woke up and, and, <laughs> and hit Newsarama on Feedly. And, and that's when you saw the news. Uh, but for RSS readers, I like Feedly. I do too, bro. That's why I said it. All right. Um, <laughs> Forty-seven percent in first place, and and uh, is is weird because it is it's yes it's it's newsworthy and yes it's I I had people ask me if I was okay when it when the news broke uh, and that is the death of Stanley. Um, it absolutely is a. It's weird. It, I, the adjectives to describe it. I, it's. I think it was to be expected. I don't think anybody wants to wake up and go, "Well, it's today, today." It, it, but it's still yes. It's obviously a newsworthy item. But I don't know when I was. I, I'm looking back over the year, and I'm like, I'm like, so what else happened? And and yes, I, I realized the Disney Fox merger, or I can't even say Netflix canceling all the Marvel shows because again, that's just business. We know that Marvel and, and Disney are doing their thing and, and they're pulling. So, I mean, that's, that's, that might be a kick to the gut, but that's not, that, that shouldn't be surprising. And I think that's the way I look at Stan's death. That may, it may not have been surprising, but yes, it is still, um, a big deal. So when I, when I think about it and even though I, I had it blank for the entire day, um, it, I'm going to have to go with the crowd and, and say that of 2018, the biggest news to me um, was uh, the death of Stanley. It's true. Um, m- the majority of my heart has been infested with the techno virus, but there's a little spot there <laughs> that that there's there's blood pumping, and I ha- I too had to go with the passing of Stanley because it is the biggest news of the year. Yeah. See, this is the only category I guess it's not favorite biggest news of the year. Right? No. <laughs> no. Well, in that case, mine works as well. <laughs> it is the only non-favorite, yeah. 
Listen, I, like David said, we were talking about a little bit uh, before we started recording that, I mean, I almost feel like his past, I mean, he was ni- 95, almost correct? a century, yeah. Right. Is. And I feel like it's it's news in the same way that an, a, a solar eclipse is the news, you know, this is, it's going to happen here, you know, so this is the thing that, ha- or it's a royal wedding, you know, it's news, but I, I guess I looked at this category as something being like news as in an announcement that you were excited about. Okay. So uh, I, I know that might not be the spirit of the question. And I, I, I totally agree with the mob rule <laughs> that it should be Stanley's death, <laughs> but man, um, and you guys are going to chuckle because, you know, when we did get a chance to uh, finally meet at, at heroes this past year, you know, and I showed you my uh, jam, my first jam piece that I was working on. My man. Um, you you know, when they announced that they're going to make a new Gods movie this mm. year, that sent me off the rails. Um, so that got my vote for, for biggest news of the year. I know it's not the biggest news of the year, but it's my biggest that's, news. Of the yeah, year. That's there you go. That's, <laughs> all about, yeah, that's, that's perfect. So that's, so that's the thing, you know, and there's been some stuff coming out here recently about how oh, it's going to focus on Mr. Miracle and Big Bart. I mean, who knows? But, you know, I hope it happens. I'm still super excited about the idea. I'm fan casting in my mind. And um, so, yeah, that was the biggest news of the year for me. Um, nice. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'll keep it short and sweet. I mean, I I, I also went with Stan's passing, and uh, for those that that want our broader thoughts on that, um, you know, we did do a two hour plus eulogy of the man and uh, his importance to the to the hobby uh, in the industry uh, a few weeks ago. So if you just go back in your feed, if you haven't listened, you'll see a couple couple episodes back. We uh, we spent a whole episode talking about Stan. So, yep. You're up, Vince. I knows it. Next category is proof positive that Jason loves me because he gives me this one every year. And I, <laughs> and I do believe I answer it the same way every year. <laughs> it, it is the favorite character or characters category. Now, our listeners stepped up and said the Spider-Man cast is uh, 6% of the tally. Mr. Miracle and company gar- garnered 7% of the votes but number one by a fair yeah fairly wide margin the black hammer cast at 12 percent got the top amount of votes for their favorite character or characters and um well i'll keep it short because i say the same thing every year my favorite character or set of characters is savage dragon surprises Yes. It almost feels like uh, it would be wrong if he didn't. Right. Larson. Th- and it's that not. Invi- that that Dap Taxes for and Savage Dragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vince for this one and Dap for webcomic. If, it, if it's ever different, we it's like. It's true. And yeah, but, but I like how, yes, Jason loves you because he gives you this category. But I think I got the Inker one like maybe once. Oh, maybe twice. But snap. I, I got to be honest with you guys. I, I don't hate to burst your bubble, but uh, as much as I'm a meticulous planner, the, present, the, the presenting of the order is literally randomly generated beyond the first category. I said this this year, okay, well, we have a guest, so John gets to go first. I typed in our four names, and then I just did an alternating down through Excel from there. So sometimes it works out in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. Uh-huh. I see. 
truth. But um, not to elaborate, but if if Malcolm Dragon and Maxine and and Angel and and now the kids, Larson has just created this entire universe for the Savage Dragon and and all of the villains and and, and think people close to him and it, it's just a wonderful book and that's why I pick it because Maxine they, is a freak. Maxine is insatiable she's a freak and I love her yep nice yeah let's see here so for this category this should come as no surprise based on what I just said for the last category um but it's the cast of Mr. Miracle um Basically, Tom and Mitch being able to sort of represent uh, the new gods uh, in this series for me this year was uh, seeing seeing all these characters, I guess, with from a fresh perspective um, that felt new, uh, that felt exciting, that felt different, but at the same time was still paying homage to what Jack had created uh, when he created the characters in the early 70s when he came over to D.C., and the the humor that they infused into the whole series, and I think you know, if you go back and look at those you know, those original um, uh, fourth world stories, you know that they they are preposterously funny in a lot of aspects, and I think Mitch and um, and especially Tom made that more explicit than implicit. They really just said, like, you know what? We know this is ridiculous, and we're actually going to put we're going to put a veggie tray. Yep. You know, in here, they're buying a veggie tray. You know, there, there's going to be some mundanity in here. You know, we're going to have some, you know, we're going to have some silly, you know, things happening with these characters that aren't anathema to their genesis. So um, I really love seeing these characters that I've loved for so many years um, through a different lens this year. For sure. Good, good, good on you. I agree. Um I uh, I happen to agree with the listeners again, uh, which is my choice for the second year in a row is the cast of Black Hammer Universe. Uh, don't look now, but Dark Horse has made a lot of money over the years by letting Mike Mignola build out his own little world. And uh, they're doing it again with Jeff because um, Dude is creating a bunch of different pockets of, uh, of, of characters within the same universe you know, he's given us one shots like Cthulhuese, a little girl with the face of Cthulhu. He's given us his own version of the Legion in the Quantum Age. He's, uh, you know, he's obviously given us the the Black Hammer core proper. Um, you know, the 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 OG team that's that's stuck in their own little pocket world in the past. Um, Doctor Star and 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 that homage to Starman and the Green Lantern is just just all these little. These little, you know, areas that 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 Jeff is unapologetically showing his love for for decades of, of superhero comics that uh, that we've all been fans of, but but putting his own spin on it, and uh, I just I, I couldn't imagine not uh, not recognizing that because you know I think of the five or I guess it's five different Black Hammer related titles he put out this year, every one of them was a gem. So um, for me, it's it's just such a rich tapestry and. I love that we're going to get just a bunch more coming in 19 and beyond. Uh, for me, this this may be a sign of things to come for tonight, but um, there, there's one character, especially since the well, from the second half of the year on, um, one one character and 
his universe that I've kind of talked about at least whenever a new issue comes out. Uh, and that would be um, Superman's Corner of the DC Universe. And that would be thanks to uh, Brian Michael Bendis, um, who I don't know if you've heard is new to DC this year. But the huh. um, there was a it, – it's just – I, I, when I look at things that I've read over the years and, and this year, um, I've, I, I look to see what basically, you know, like what, what my favorite books have been and, and characters I've, I've enjoyed. And there's, it's definitely not a quantity over quality type thing, but what Bendis has been doing with Superman, with Clark, with, with the, his, co-workers at the planet and the citizens of metropolis um it's it's rejuvenated my love for 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 the character and for that section of uh of the dcu so yeah uh, right now it's um for now and and going forward my favorite character or set of characters is a superman universe all right awesome so the fifth category of the evening favorite digital first or web comic and for the listeners third place selection we have the 1000 uh, with seven percent of the vote sanford green's uh, web comic nice um recent guest of the show correct yes yes sir um we have perennially in this category menage a three with eight percent of the vote from giselle lagasse and Winning uh, first place uh, as voted on by the listeners, Mike Norton's take on the Cheeto in chief, <laughs> Lil Donnie with 17%. Excellent. So for this category, uh, I guess I'm pulling um, a little bit of Vince's favorite new to me here <laughs> and maybe bending the rules a little bit uh, to my advantage because I really wanted to um, showcase this this book, which started out in 2012 as a as an iOS app, and this app was actually developed by the the artist who uh, created the series, Ezra Clayton Daniels, and I'm of course talking about Upgrade Soul, uh, which was published this year by Lion Forge, and I don't know, I may be talking about them later too, but. Um, yeah, Upgrade Soul, I'm, I'm sure many of our, the listeners to your show have been um, reading all about uh, the, the accolades it's been getting. And I know, Jason, you've spoken about it a little bit, too. And, you know, this sort of Cronenberg-esque, um, and I think I actually was able to write about this uh, OGN, too, here recently for a little bit of criticism and I sort of called it Cronenberg by way of Wes Anderson because there's this sort of quirkiness, there's this humanist, there's this, you know, sort of little left of center um, vibe that's not quite strictly, you know, body horror. It's really dealing with the eccentricities of humans and their fear of you know, more, their own mortality. And it was just a wonderful book, and I'm I'm pleased to have read it, and I'm pleased to have found a way to get it into my 11 o'clockers ballot in this uh, little loophole. So exercising the digital first option of this category, Upgrade Soul, is my selection. Very nice. Um, For me, 
my winner is uh, it, I felt good about it this year because this is one of those categories, bluntly, that I I often feel like I'm I'm reaching because I I don't I, I most years I don't read that many web comics to be frank, but um, this year I I finally woke up to line webtoons, the massive Korean webtoons publisher that's made a big push in the U.S. market in the last year or two. And we talked about that a bit on the show. And my winner, as uh, uh, I think it was the third place vote for the listeners, is is uh, The Thousand uh, by Sanford Green and Chuck Brown. It is, um, we talked about it, it's a story of, of, of basically a, an immortal dragon who, because of his misdeeds, is trapped in his human form and has to perform a thousand good deeds before he can become his full self again. And uh, it's, it's, it's essentially a, 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 uh, a shoujo manga um, you know, drawn by Sanford with hip hop soundtracks that play as you as you scroll. So it's 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 badass. It really is, and uh, I think it won the Harvey this year as well for best web comic. But uh, it, it's a, it's a treat, and it's complete as well. I think there's twenty twenty episodes, and they did finish it recently. I think in October. So it's free for you to check out, and you can you can you can at your convenience, read it, uh, view it to its completion. So, The Thousand by Sanford and Chuck. Excellent. Uh, well, we don't want anybody to write, so to the surprise of no one, one of the few uh, webcomics <laughs> I read every year um, is still Menage Three. So, um, as, as, as much as I enjoy other works out there. And I, I, I do look around from time to time to see if anything's going to float my boat. But the one that I, I always gravitate back to, um, she just draws so damn well. Um, Menage a three is my favorite web comic of the year. Yeah. I was going to go with Mr. Norton for little Donnie, which, which I love and he does a wonderful job, uh-huh. with it. but I, I thought about it. And the only time i read it is when it comes down my facebook feed i don't oh, okay. i don't actually go to you don't, don't go comics.com no or, no okay but so i thought well there's only one webcomic i i actively will travel to the place where it is displayed and that's menage three it's the only oh. one i read oh. yeah okay i'm surprised i thought one or both of you would pick uh Little Donnie this year. Well, I, 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 like I said, I do love it. I, Mike has, has grown by, I mean, Mike is also, always a consummate illustrator. Sure. But I, I think these little Donnie strips have opened up a heretofore unknown, um, there's more uh, expression in his line yeah, when he does looser. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, and the whole crayon coloring thing. I love. I mean, I the the. I wish it was a larger size, but but the collection that that image published, um, it looks fantastic. And being able to kind of flip through it and read it, um, not that clicking the next arrow is a difficult thing to do, but um, yeah, it's it's. Sadly, it's 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 the comic strip we deserve, and and I mean I'm glad he's there to do it, but it's it's Seriously. also painful. Yeah, AF. So or SAF, but it, it's just it's. Um, Mr. Norton does not get enough love. He definitely does not. No, and 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 I hope to hug him when we see him in March. Wow, he'll pinch you. He will. Well, he or he'll back me one or the other. Well, either whatever. Right. Okay. I think Mike's a Tennessee guy too, by the way. Is that he is. right? Yes, okay. yes, he is because he, uh, he he scoffs at uh, at Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> he 
you prefer huh. a sour mash from Jack. So yeah. Right. All right. Uh, up next, favorite single issue or one shot? And this definitively falls into the category that Vince was mentioning where I got to do a better job of taking notes over the year because <laughs> yeah. there are many times I feel like I'll say on the show or think to myself, oh, this is this would be up for best issue. And then, unfortunately, I just I don't think I keep the best notes. So it really is a struggle to try and come back and remember these things. But uh, but this year I felt like it was cool because I definitely – my choice was definitely one that did resonate. And I think maybe there was something to be said for, like, if – if you don't take notes like the the few single issues that vividly pop into your your cerebral cortex and you're trying to think of it are probably you know the, the right ones. But uh, in any event, first up, the listeners' choices. With 4% of the vote, Mr. Miracle number 12, a.k.a. the end of the wonderful limited series that, uh, that Mitch and Nick and Tom did. Um, in second place, the Batman annual number 3 with 5% of the vote. And in first place, with 7% of the vote, the Swamp Thing Winter Special. Nice. Yes. So a very Tom King-centric category, once again. (laughs) Um, My choice uh, did jibe with the listeners, although it was their third-place choice. I went with Mr. Miracle number 12, the final issue of that wonderful series. Um, I just thought it hit all the right notes. There have been many an event and or limited series over the years that uh, we have enjoyed during the uh, body of it, and they sometimes don't stick the landing. So anytime something like this sticks the landing, it uh, it leaves a mark, and I think this one more than stuck the landing. So happy to to uh, to give that wonderful series a bit of love. Nice. Um, yeah, I have no problem giving Tom some love and. As much as I enjoyed Mr. Miracle in its entirety, when I looked back over the year, and this is also where Comic Book DB um, comes into play, because whereas our Slack didn't let us go beyond March, um, I do remember, I was hoping that this one particular issue of Batman was published in um in 2018 or at least had a cover date of 2018 and that was the first of the two-part super friends tale um i know the second part gets a lot of love because it's a fun issue uh but batman number 36 it was just it, it was something special with, with with the two conversations with our couples um the way Tom wrote it and Clayman and 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 Seth illustrated it to uh to just they were almost mirroring in conversations and in uh in their actions it was it was a fantastic issue and just you, know, you you Tom had a real good handle on all four on 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 Batman on Superman on and on Selina and Lois and and um it was it was a really really cool issue. I enjoyed them at the fair, but thirty six just um, just definitely was a little something extra. And it's it's telling that an issue that came out almost a year ago um, was my favorite compared to so many of the other things I read throughout the year. So um, Batman number thirty six, my favorite. Cool beans. 
My favorite single issue by a landslide comes from a man uh, we all know as Scotty Young. And it was illustrated by Scott Hepburn with color art by Ian Herring. It's Deadpool number four. Such a great choice. And why did I pick that? Well, because it's Deadpool on a contract hit into Weird World where he meets yep. Gen- Jennifer Kale and there are many, sw- many man things running around. Uh, it's, it's just a wonderful exercise in, um, diverse character creation. There are creature types all over the place. There are exotic locales. The illustration is gorgeous. It's man thing, right? And, um, we had the luxury of seeing the original art from Mr. Hepburn at Heroes. And so I kept an eye out <coughs> and it's, it's just a gorgeous, fun issue. And, uh, not the least of which because Scotty just knows the character and it, it's just great. And, uh, so I picked that as my favorite issue. Deadpool number four. Excellent. Awesome. Well, to complete the Mr. Miracle sandwich uh, here, I also uh, yeah. the third place listeners Eiffel selection and with That's Jason right. and selected Mr. Miracle 12. And for most of the reasons that Jason's already mentioned, um, as far as sticking the landing uh, for this series, and I think beyond that for me, and the thing that really, you know, not that it was really in any danger of not being at the top of the heap, um, but the fact that it delivered on the promise of the series. And I think initially at, at the beginning, you know, uh, Tom did some interviews and he talked about, you know, that it was, this was an attempt, you know, to show um, how to make sense of a world that is increasingly not making sense. And I think ultimately that last issue really put the focus on that because you had all these things happening. You know, you had this, you know, this, you know, the, the eons old battle between new Genesis and apocalypse. And you had all these, you know, cosmic level things happening, but the last issue takes place, you know, very intimately, you know, at home He's running errands. He's at um, Scott's running errands. He's at home with Barda. Um, you know, he's seeing some visions. He's having conversations. You know, he. So, I mean, that the fact that that's the way that Tom chose to end the series, not with some battle royale or some kind of amazing you know action set piece, but to end it with this sort of quiet ruminative issue, I think was brave and ultimately very effective and amazing so mr miracle number 12 gets my vote nice our next category um and i love about what 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 i love about mr miracle is that it will definitely um get better with subsequent readings because you will um and this is a conversation for a later date because i know jason is curious about the whole rebeatability aspect of things but by the way i just realized did i spoil this has vince read this yet (laughs) um no i'm sorry i I, know that's all right i was (laughs) you know what i i remember now what you said but in a day or two i'm not gonna remember okay um (laughs) all right but there are things in throughout the uh no don't worry about it there are things throughout um as you'll go back and you'll read it and and the things that tom had set up that that you see 
at the end of the series um, are quite apparent. And, and not that there were a ton of questions probably asked while we were all reading it, but um, I, I think it's, it's an extremely well done piece of work. Um, our next category is breakout performers. And our listeners, with 5% of the votes, picked America Andolfo. Sorry. Uh, 6% in second place, Pepe Larraz. And the first place breakout performer with 19% of the votes by the listeners is Mr. Donnie Cates. And I picked none of them. My breakout performer for 2018 is Riley Rossmo. Uh, when I think back on, and it, it will be mine if somebody already hasn't bought it, but when I think back about his work on Batman and Shadow and the, which we got in 2017, uh, seeing what he did on Deathbed, uh, and Dark Knights, the Batman Who Laughs, he he worked on that Justice League No Justice issue. Um, and we got at least one issue of Martian Manhunter last year. But I, he, he's just the man's beast. And, and when I look back at everybody who, who knocked my socks off and um, who I'm, I'm, I'm happy to check out a book that they're working on it's it's definitely rally there, there were a lot of artists who there were a lot of books i enjoyed throughout the year but may have suffered with art in the sense that we only got a couple of issues here and there by the same person or team and um that doesn't really help be deciding on someone for, for this particular category, but Riley was constantly consistent and, and it just always looked great. And, and for my money last year, um, few looked as good as Riley. So that's my breakout performer. Well, I unknowingly took a nod from John because, uh, for my breakout performer, I didn't, choose this person in relation to their effect on the comic industry. I chose this person according to um, my perception of their personal style and how much they've grown, um, so much so that I actually noticed it. So um, <laughs> for uh, 2018, my breakout performer who has been doing the work of his entire career, I think, on a book I called agree. The Wrong Earth, which is awesome. written written by Tom Payer with inks by Juan Castro and Andy Troy on color. I'm talking about Jamal Igel. Yeah. I think Mr. Igel has uh, pierced a membrane into territory where we have never seen him go before. Um, he is truly a magnificent superhero artist. And he shows it on every page of The Wrong Earth. Yeah, he loves he loves doing that work. Yeah. So, I mean, if you haven't read uh, the book, which is published by Ahoy Comics, I suggest you pick it up because it, it is uh, – it's a revelation. It really is. That's why I picked him. I hope we see him in Chicago. Me too. 
Let's oh. see here. So, oh, are you done? Sorry. Yeah, done. Okay. So, my breakout performer um, is the artist on a book that I know has gotten some love on the show. I know we'll probably get some love later on this evening, maybe, perhaps. And honestly, I've, I've gone back and looked for some of this artist's past credits and actually flipped through some of the pages, and there was nothing really in those pages that could have prepared anyone for what he's been able to put down in this past year on the pages of Boom's Coda. And that's the artist Matthias Bergara. Yes. Um, I think probably the you, you saw something in uh, the Cannibal series, which was not something I, I read. I know, I think, Jason, you gave that some love Maybe Vince did, uh, yeah, in two thousand three, Vince did. Vince did. Vince did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but Vince, you probably co on this. I mean, there's that does not look like the the same artist who's working on Coda. No, um, no, no. There, You're right. There is this idiosyncratic style. Um, you cannot gloss over these pages. Uh, you can read these uh, Coda <laughs> quickly, but you will be missing a lot of amazing detail and things that are happening sort of on the fringes of panels. And um, I just think the guy's just, he's leveled up incredibly. And, and when I say that, I say this was not somebody that I even knew really who he was before. And I had to go back and, you know, he's worked on WWE comics for boom. He did, did some little bits in the DC holiday special. He did a couple of, if you want to, you want to see something that's totally that doesn't seem like it's by the same artist. Supergirl seven and eight uh, after Rebirth, he actually did uh, the the art on those oh, wow. uh, issues. And you go back and look at him, and it's just like there's. I mean, you can sort of see it in some of the facial expressions, but there, it's it's amazing what this guy has done in penciling, inking, coloring. He's he's illustrating the book and. I just think, you know, and I've gone and looked in, you know, some of his uh, his big cartel page and see what he's got out there. He's, there's a few pages on there, you know, not much. But I just think this guy's getting ready to blow up big. And um, I, I think he's very deserving because what he's doing on Coda is amazing. So nice. that's my selection for breakout performer. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. Yeah, yeah, he's I agree. He's amazing. Um yeah, it's uh, one of the things I love about this category is that is it's it, it does leave itself into interpretation, right? Like, like Riley and Jamal are are guys that we've known for literally a decade. You know what I mean? Like, but for you guys, it was more about like that you feel like they reached a new level, which yep. I, I respect. You know, because like my mind didn't work that way. Like, I would have I wouldn't have thought to. I love both of those choices for David and Vince. Like, I I think they're both totally legit. I just would never have thought that way because from my vantage, like I think of Riley as like. I'm like, oh, I, I discovered, you know, we discovered Riley in proof, uh, you know, back during Windy City, you know what I mean? Or like Jamal, or like we met at CGS. So it's like, but uh, doing Supergirl, but uh, but I, I like your interpretation of this category. I'm going to keep that in mind for subsequent years. For me, I took it more like a, a, just a, car- a creator that just, just floored me for the first time this year. This just, I feel like kind of burst onto the scene as someone that, uh, you know, will forever be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, um, honestly, I, 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 I was very close to to going with Tilly Walden on this one because, <laughs> but but the thing is is that like I mean I have to be fair and I mean I just read Spinning as you know but that came out in seventeen 
when she won the Ignats, and then uh, on a Sunbeam, which came out this past year, I haven't read yet, so I just didn't feel like it was fair. Even and it looks so good. I know. I was flipping I know. through just, it. It's amazing. Yeah. So, but but honestly, then the 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 next choice, or the, my ultimately my choice, I think, um, is right in that same same uh, like ecosystem of creators, which is um, someone I didn't know their name until this year, uh, and for me, uh, although I didn't consider it a web comic, John. Uh, I, I do think that uh, Upgrade Soul, <laughs> Upgrade Soul was just a tour de force book this year. One of those books that is just so idiosyncratic and so unusual, and um, uh, you know, just one of those books that I think stands on its own because it's 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 unlike anything else that that you could have read this year if you were buying a lot of stuff like we were. Uh, and so that is, of course, then Ezra Clayton Daniels, the writer and artist for Upgrade Soul. Um, just totally floored by by Man the talent genius. that the man possesses, and um, and I have no doubt that we'll be seeing a lot more of him in the future. But uh, for me, he was he was certainly my breakout performer. So nice, yes, sir. Yeah. Next up, it's me, and I will hmm. be giving you your favorite colorist. And uh, the listeners have spoken. Ten percent of them went with Jordi <laughs> Belair. <laughs> 11% of them went with Dave Stewart, but uh, the winner with 13% of the votes is Mr. Matthew Wilson. Nice. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those people. They're just True. phenomenal. Yeah, his colors on my jam piece. Yeah. I, however, went with a uh, artist who I totally adore. I adore his sequential work, um, and one of the reasons why is because I believe this man has the best color palette by by far um, in uh, mainstream <laughs> comics. Let's just say that. Um, talking about Mr. Mike Del Mundo, this guy's work is just oh, it's beautiful. And top he make- five for me of uh, artists that I don't have art from that I'm dying to have art from. I think he may be digital. No, he's not. Really? He does, I mean, he, no, he's digital. Uh, no, let me correct. He's digital in his comics work, but he draws commissions traditionally at, at cons. Oh, sweet. Maybe I'll get in there with you if you ever Word find a, a, an in. But uh, And he takes chances, too. He works with – part of his palette is very hot. He likes pinks and purples, and he, mm-hmm. he, he juxtaposes them against ruddy ochres and earth tones. And the guy's just like he's, – he's impeccable. And uh, Mike Del Mundo. Yeah, his his little work is uh, outstanding. Well, let's see here. I agreed with the listener's third place choice and went with Jordi Belair. And no, no, really can't. You know, uh, Batman, uh, several issues of Batman. uh, I believe she worked on the Jerry Duggan uh, analog uh, series. Dead Hand, but where she really shined this year was, I believe, in her work with Vanessa Del Rey on Redlands. And it was just this raw, visceral um, palette that really, each page turn, whatever was happening in the story, her colors, I really think, really helped set the mood of the story that she herself was telling. Um and I think it's an interesting thing, you know, to see that sort of um, 
you know, that she's writing Vanessa's drawing and that Jordy's coloring. And I don't know, you know, how, you know, some of those uh, artistic tasks might bleed over because there's a lot of black in that book. Um, but yeah, I think that was the, that was the title that really tipped it over the edge for me this year for best colors. Um, so yeah, Jordy Belair yeah. is jo- my selection for 2018. Jordy's palette on um, Redlands is, is ruddy. And that's not yeah. it's not a put down, um, yeah. but she uses it very well. It's a it's a very yeah. dark claustrophobic. Ruddy's a great. That's a great word. Yeah, that's a great word. Yeah, I love not that book. high chroma. No, no, <laughs> but but she knows how to use those high chroma colors to, you know, spark uh, excitement on that with all the ruddiness going around. Like when when she draws when she lays down blood in that book, <laughs> there's yeah. no no when mistaking. When things catch on fire, yes, they yep. sometimes yep. do. Yeah. Um, my choice this year was an interesting one in the sense that I have actively sought to not choose this person in most years Mm. because, uh, I think when you think of color artists in comics, you think of this gentleman, uh, and, and as much as, um, I don't know if it's the record, but I assume it is. He has won eight Eisner awards for the best of his craft. And that is Mr. Dave Stewart. Um, but I, I objectively couldn't not pick him this year because, he colored Rumble, Gideon Falls, The Quantum Age, Magic Order, Weatherman, Black Hammer, and A Study in Emerald. And um, several, if not more than a few of those, as you will see as we go on tonight, factored into my Oscars um, in different categories. And it's just that I, I, I literally loved every one of those books. And so... I think for me, I don't. I didn't often pick him because he's so associated with the uh, Hellboy Mignola verse, and they're all amazing comics. But I've never read those contemporaneously. I've always been behind in those, so I've always felt like Dave Stewart was like the best guy at his craft that I just wasn't really current on. But this year, it just caught up, and I, I just I couldn't in good conscience not recognize him because uh, listen, there's a reason why a guy was eight Eisners, and uh, he probably gives a fair a fair winner any year. You can always pick him. Um, and a lot of our audience does, but for me this year, he definitely stood out. He was the colorist that most made his mark in my, my, uh, my, my 2018 reading list. Damn. You know what? I might have to, I already changed mine, but I might have to follow your lead, Jason. Cause I originally, I originally had Matt Wilson and, and that was truthfully, Based on, and it, it doesn't count because the issue came out this month, but I loved Matt Wilson's work on Conan, and I was going through to see what he worked on that I read in 2018, and there wasn't a whole lot. So I then changed it to Brennan Wagner because he's coloring his father on Mage to the Hero Denied, and and I'm enjoying his colors there. But after listening to you run down everything that Dave Stewart colored this year that you've been reading, especially with The Weatherman, which looks absolutely stunning, and and things like Rumble um, and The Magic Order, I, it, I'm, I'm not one to say it's... I'm definitely not Gonna gonna claim it's a tie, so I am I'm I'm gonna call an audible. I'm changing my vote to Dave Stewart. So that Word was my up. favorite colors wow, of the year. This is like a Moonlight La La Land uh, situation here, right? He'll do anything <laughs> to to get in Jason's pants. Anything. Oh my god! Please. 
Listen, as soon as we get to the Airbnb, it's going to say, well, where are you sleeping? Where are you sleeping? With I me. Know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I remember right. la- last time we were in Chicago for C2E2 at an Airbnb, <laughs> who sh- who were the roommates? <laughs> who-, who called dibs on the room, the two-person room? Dap and Vince. I, I-, I roomed I- with my man Mario. Okay? I can't quit him. Right. And and who-, who-, who snuggled in bed together? Covers up watching Giddley, the peewee, the peewee. <laughs> 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 oh, good times. Well, Mario and I were hungover watching game shows. Anyway, uh, up next, Mr. O'Neill. Oh, so this is exciting. This is favorite all ages comic. And I say that without even the slightest shred of irony. Um, because... My my pick for this category. Well, let's do the let's do the listeners first. Sorry about that. Uh, the listeners third place. Super Sons uh, with five percent of the vote. Met Cadet U uh, was in second place with six percent. And eking out the win in this category, listeners first place selection was Star Wars Adventures with seven percent. That's IDW, right? I yes. Think? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And can't fault any of those, but ultimately I went with a uh, a graphic novel, and technically I think that this graphic novel was positioned as a young adult book, but I would have no problem showing it, you know, or sharing it with my uh, eight-year-old daughter. Um, it's by a creator who, honestly, this is. Um, this is this is pretty momentous for him, and and I mentioned this is this is a little bit of a sentimental pick. Um, I actually have uh, a little bit of history uh, with this creator, and his name is Jason Walls, and the book is Last Pick by First Second. And this is the type of book that you could use to slap comic skaters across the nose with. Um, <laughs> it's a story that takes place largely three years after an alien invasion. Um, where the alien invaders have essentially abducted all the able-bodied people from the earth and left behind the young, the, the old, the physically impaired and the small garrison of, of, um, people to sort of keep the peace. Hence the name last pick, um, these like in the kickball game, you know, these were the, these are the people, you know, who didn't get picked, um, for the teams. Um, the book, well, let me back up a second. I'm sorry. I will take a little bit longer on this, this portion. Jason was somebody that actually, um, we were, we were post-college roommates for a short amount of time, uh, together. And we went our separate ways and through the magic of, you know, sort of social media, we, we reconnected. Um, and if you think I'm sort of just kind of big upping Jason's book, uh, he actually uh, put out an OGN in 2012, which was nominated for an Eisner. Uh, this was his first OGN. He actually took a hiatus from his do- job teaching special education uh, kids to um, work on a graphic novel, and the result of that graphic novel was a book called Homesick, and it was about his mother uh, and her battle with cancer, and it was juxtaposed uh, with a the story of a Russian cosmonaut, and um, and 
he has cover blurbs from Terry Moore, Jeff Lemire, <laughs> Gene Yang, and you guys have, and probably most of our listeners have probably never heard of him. Um, but this book, and it's the first of three, it's the book, I, I feel like it's perfect for the time that we're living in um, when so many people are making judgments on other people on the basis of, you know, very superficial, um, I guess, standards. And once again, on the back of this book, and Jason, I know you talked about um, with the the books you talked about with spinning that when Jeff Lemire is talking about it, you know, it's nice to pay attention to. There is a blurb on Last Pick by Jeff Lemire also, and it's just a wonderful book. Um, like I said, the Jason's cartooning is very stylized and simplistic. He's he's got a natural knack for sequential uh, storytelling. It's inventive. It's fun. It's engaging. Um, it's it's something that I feel like if you don't like all ages stuff, you could do yourself a favor and check this out and feel like, you know, this isn't so bad. And I can actually share this with my kids. So um, kids, nephews, nieces, whoever, um, it, it's got a great message. It's ultimately my pick for all ages book. And it's something I think all of our listeners should at least check out. So sounds wonderful, actually. Yeah, I was unaware of it. You weren't the only one to vote for it, by the way. Among the, oh, really? Uh, yeah, amazing. A couple other people got some votes tonight. Yeah. Um, well, my choice. Um, it's it's a it's first of all, I think it was a better year for all ages books. Um, I think uh, a lot of the smaller publishers have really focused on that market um, as a one of the few places where there's there's growing interest and have started their own imprints. Boom's got its own imprint and humanoids and, and uh, lion fours. And it's pretty cool to see. Uh, my choice was from humanoids, their humanoids kids imprint. And it's, um, we actually got two volumes of it this year, volumes two and three. I spent a lot of time reviewing the first volume back in 17 when it came out. Um, but my choice for favorite all ages book this year was Gregory and the gargoyles, um, which is, um, it's, it's a French, it's a bond dessinée that, uh, that, Humanoids is translated and brought over here. Uh, it's written by uh, Dennis Pierre Filippi. Um, the the second and third volumes were drawn by Silvio Camboni. The first one was drawn by Jean Etienne. But um, it's it's a story of, of a, a young boy named Gregory uh, and his family. They move to uh, a new home. Basically, they inherit a home um, uh, in in Paris where their dad is is a professor uh, at a new college. Well, at a college, his new job. And, uh, you know, needless to say, like a 10 year old kid, it sucks to have to move and uproot. Um, but the house is, is kind of old and creepy and he discovers a, a medallion and, uh, the medallion takes him when he touches it, it takes him to, uh, the 17th century, the same, same part of the, of, of France. But now it's, uh, it's, it's a time when magic is alive and well, and there are gargoyles and sorcerers and all kinds of different magical creatures. And, and Gregory is intimately involved in the goings on. Uh, and uh, it's just such a vibrant book. It's the the art style is is evocative of of uh, like Don Bluth cartoons. It's almost like you're looking at cell animation. Um, it's terrific, and it's it's specifically geared to kids ten and older. Uh, so, um, and we got we got the second and the third uh, books this year. Um, so it's great, and it's uh, again it's Gregory and the Gargoyles. Nice. Um. When I was looking at things that I did read that were 
I'm not going to tell. Obviously, I'm not. Everybody parents their kids differently. Whatever they think is going to be fine for their children is is absolutely fine. I I tend to look at how a publisher may want to rate their comic, and that kind of determines if I consider it. I, I kind of go by that to consider if it's an all-ages book. Um, so when I looked at the subject matter for one miniseries I was enjoying this year uh, and knowing that the cartoon was um, kid-friendly, uh, but so was the toy line that it crosses over with, I went with uh, Star Trek versus Transformers as my favorite all-ages book for this year. Sweet. Excellent. Before, yeah. Sorry, Vince, before you go, can I just say... <laughs> trying to forestall the inevitable here um no for, there there is something about this category that not to sound like the you know the old the grumpy old man but i do kind of miss when most comics were just sort of all ages true. absolutely true absolutely and yes. the fact that you know well here's batman over here, and then here's the kitty Batman over here. <laughs> These, this bifurcation that happens now um, with the different imprints, you know, with the different lines, you know, that, you know, this is for the, the older readers and this is for the younger readers. I kind of miss the fact that, you know, it's that people can't write a solid, I'll just say Batman, story that appeals to young and old. Yeah. Um, because I mean, a great example is, you know, uh, before the Logan movie, uh, came out, you know, the trailers, you know, were sort of all over the place and my daughter was seeing these trailers and this little girl and she's like, I want to see that. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you, <laughs> you may want I mean, to, but well, I mean, was, no, I'm I mean, sorry. It was the same thing with eventually. my, um, my, my, uh, my brother and, and my niece who I don't think was either she had just turned 13 or she was about to turn 13 sure. and they've always gone to see the superhero movies and. And so she expected, she thought she was going to go see Deadpool. And I was like, no, she's not. <laughs> no, she's definitely not. So, and it's it's not an area of the Marvel Universe that I know a whole lot about. Um, so I actually went uh, to one of uh, the couple of LCSs here in town and just tried to see if I could find anything on, you know, X-23. There really isn't. <laughs> there really isn't anything that's sort of a, you know, it's all teen plus or whatever. It's obviously very gory. So I, I mean, listen, uh, rant aside, <laughs> soapbox standing aside, it's just, it's an interesting time we live in when there aren't more books. And I think, you know, that was one of the things that Darwin cook talked about a whole lot, you know, sure. wishing that there were more books that were written for a broader audience instead of this sort of sort of needlessly making it quote unquote adult by having these sort of adult elements, you know, of nudity, sex or, you know, swearing oh. or, you know, these adult things when it, you know, you can do both, the, <laughs> you know, uh, you can, you can have it for everyone, but you can, anyway. and, and you should. And I, the, um, as, like I said, I, I'm not going to tell somebody how to parent and, and they're absolutely, what you think is best for your child is, is that, that that's your call. And I guess DC and trying to make sure all their bases are covered. Super sons is rated T plus it's a rated teen book. Sure. But the characters of course are too 
Because they're sassy. Tweener. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not like it's not like Jen or Damien are going to like walk into the girls locker room. But there's still there's still adults in the story. There's still adults who want to hurt them. So, you know, there's still there's still violence involved. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. We had we had Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then IDW published Batman TMNT Adventures for to, to kind of soften right. it up for, for the kids. So, yeah, I, I would love I, I wouldn't mind having a bunch of books to everybody could enjoy. Right. Yep. Now, uh, because this is an awards episode <laughs> and, and we would like to have uh, as many ears on this as possible, I won't read you the title. <laughs> that, that I put down for my I would favorite. Love to read that book, though. Yes, um, but uh, needless to say, I <laughs> I don't recall reading any all ages books. Yeah. In in twenty eighteen, so I. Average Dragon has kids in it. I opted out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll echo John. I'll go with last pick. There you go. So there you go. Nice. Awesome. All right. No, category number ten: favorite cover artist. Uh, in uh, third place, the audience chose with 4% of the vote Jenny Frisson, uh, who I think focused mainly on Wonder Woman covers this year. Uh, in second place, with 6% of the vote, and frankly, I'm, I'm surprised it was only 6%, uh, is Alex Ross, the perennial cover captain. And uh, in, uh, in, in first place, with 12% of the vote, the listenership chose Mr. Nick Darrington, Mainly, I'm sure, for his work as the cover artist on the main covers for Mr. Miracle. And the guys know uh, this was probably the toughest category for me. Um, fun fact, even though I'm a, a sports nut and write a lot about football, I'm terrible with, uh, with, with jersey numbers. I just don't pay attention to them. It means nothing to me. Hmm. Um, and I'm similar with comic covers. It's been so long since covers actually were allowed to have words and tell a story that they just are kind of meaningless to me now. I'm not in the very cover game. So I just don't think a lot about what covers are. So uh, this is always more of a thing where like, I almost kind of solve for the solve for the answer by going back and looking at all the comics that I bought and seeing which covers strike me after the fact. Um, and that's really what I did here and ended up at a place that I feel good about. Although um, it was without, it was, certainly wasn't without a lot of uh, effort. And that is uh, my favorite cover artist this year was Sana Takeda for uh her work on uh monstrous which so. uh you know we talked about but uh yeah she you know she's she's a painter uh digital painter but a painter nonetheless and um and just just astounding beautiful work that uh that i thought deserved and, and i i i've actually forgotten when i chose her that i think she won the eisner this year for best cover artist too so i guess it's not totally out of left field excellent uh i'm uh type of person who if you're an interior if you're if an artist is drawing the interiors i, I kind of want to in a world where there's varying covers for everything i, I kind of want to make sure that the main that the interior artist um if if they draw a cover that that's kind of the cover i want whether it's a variance or not um in the case of mr miracle the series artist Mitch was the variant cover artist for all 12 issues. Uh, and as much as I enjoyed Nick's covers for the series, um, it was Mitch's covers that really kind of hammered home uh, what 
the book was really about, and, and it was an extension of what uh, he and Tom were doing inside uh, under those covers. And, and it was, um, there was just, I mean, whether you had the, the Norman Rockwell uh, homage or um, the the effects he used inside when when uh, when the story was telling, the story was being told, it was just beautiful stuff by Mitch this year. So my cover artist for the year uh, is Mitch Jarrett's. That's a good pick. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of runners up <laughs> for this category. But the only one you can mention is well, no, um, guys like Philip Tan. Alex Ross, Nick Darrington, Nick Klein did great work on uh, Scotty's Deadpool. Um, but again, I think there's a universe of space between everybody else and the guy that I picked and um, for his work on Thor and Dr. Strange, I went with uh, Mike Del Mundo. D, Hi. can you tell that I love him? <laughs> So, for my cover artist, I ended up going with the other side of the tandem that worked on Mr. Miracle covers. I went with Nick Darrington, siding with the reader's first place choice. And I think, ultimately, um, you know, at the beginning of the series, I think I was kind of giving Mitch the edge on the on the covers. And, and then sort of Nick sort of started putting out something I'm like, Wow. Okay, that's that's something else. And that cover for number ten, um, with the you know the one I'm talking about with with Dark Side on the cover, the just the obsidian granite looking black, you know, inverted, you know, that thing. I mean, probably sealed the deal for me. I mean, he had some Doom Patrol covers. I know, I know, he did a lovely variant for Batman Fifty, and but ultimately the whimsy, the inventiveness, the impeccable design and the fact that the guy makes physical props for some of the covers that he's doing, put Nick Darrington over the top for me. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well done. All right. Dap. We have your favorite horror comic. Uh, third place, 4% of the votes by the listeners. Redlands, uh, second place, 9%. Harrow County, and that's that's over now, right? Yes. Uh, first place, twenty four percent. Gideon Falls, and I went this year with one of the few horror books that I read that actually was published this year, and that is from Aftershock, A Walk Through Hell, which is haunting and sticks with you and i've talked about it and i will get back to talking about it because um i i I, uh i had to take time away from it but i'm I'm coming back and it was it's it is a crazy story but that was if you want to call it a favorite my favorite horror book why not Hmm. now um my major genre is horror it's i consume the most of it Yes. And um, my list of runners-up is long, but I'm not going to go into them. The the the, the second runner-up was Evolution from Image, which I okay. absolutely adore. Oh, you book. had that on there for a while, right? I did. I was actually yeah. going to go with that, but I thought, you know what? This book um, disturbed me on levels that uh, not many do, 
and I talked about it on an episode, my favorite horror book, we got four volumes of this in 2018, is uh, written and drawn by Kengo Hanazawa, and it is from Dark Horse. It is I Am a Hero. Nice. Deep disturbing stuff, yes. Yeah. So, uh, horror comic. I talked about it a little bit before. Um, I went with Redlands from Image. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Southern Gothic feel. It's frightening. It's raw. It's prescient. Um, It's got the, the supernatural aspect of it, but it's so grounded in that sort of weird corners of Southern areas of the country, especially Florida. Um, and then I also feel like, you know, and I don't think they've made any bones about it, but I think the creators are really exercising some demons, uh, when they're creating, uh, this show themselves or this uh, series themselves. And, um, yeah, I just think it's, of anything I've read this year, and I haven't read a lot of uh, horror books, but this is one that has just stuck with me as far as how powerful and genuinely frightening it is. So, Yeah, that's a great choice. Um, For me, it was uh, was Gideon Falls, uh, written by by Jeff Lemire, uh, illustrations by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Dave Stewart, The Adventures of Father Fred, Sheriff Miller, Norton Sinclair, Dr. Zhu, um, The Black Barn. It's uh, it's as much a mystery book as it is a horror book. Uh, loved every page of it so far. It's a slow burn. Jeff's taking his time. He's really he's weaving an, int- in, in, an intricate tapestry. And, um, yeah, it, that this book had to figure somewhere on my ballot. So it figured into the horror category. Good enough. Next up, we have the favorite collected edition forward slash reprint comic. And the listeners, uh, 4% of the listeners, went with the Vision hardcover by Tom King and Company. 5% went with Action Comics, 80 Years of Superman. But uh, number one with 6% of the votes, X-Men Grand Design. Uh, that's a great, great choice. Yeah. And totally justified. Uh, for mine, I went with my heart and uh, it came from a company who published um, a lot of the things that I enjoyed last year. Seven Seas Entertainment. It's uh, Gona Guy's Devil Man, the Classic Collection, Volume 1. And it was it was difficult for me to pick that because there were so many uh, reprint collections from Seven Seas that came out last year that are all great. But uh, like I said, I went with um, my heart and a little bit below the belt too, and I, I, I hmm. went, went with Gona Guy. Nice. I actually ended up agreeing with uh, the listener's third place choice and going with the Vision. Um, and this was a series I came to sort of late. And read it digitally, and I knew after I finished the series that this was something I wanted to have in a nice hardcover edition. And Marvel did a very nice job uh, with this edition. The the design of the book, the the actual sort of faux buckram 
family album cover under the dust jacket, you know, that's got actually a, a water stain on it. It's got the letters pages, got process pages, script pages. It, they did a very nice job uh, with representing this material. And it's some, a series that I'm going to revisit over and over again over the years. So the vision from Marvel and Tom King. Nice. Uh, for me, this was, um, uh, this was a tough one because I do buy a lot of, of collected editions. Uh, but ultimately, I settled on uh, Black Hammer Library Edition Volume 1 by Dark Horse. Um, since since Black Hammer is a collection of, of different series and different titles, I like that Dark Horse is treating it like the Mignola stuff and putting out <clears> these <throat> library editions that are going to uh, have everything in the chronological continuity. So first volume came out in November, late November. And uh, it's it's as always with Dark Horse, it's wonderfully packaged, and uh, I've d- I'm double dipping on this stuff happily, and uh, can't wait for Volume Two in nineteen. Nice. Um, I may double dip as well. I went with a um, an omnibus that came uh, in a recent DCBS box. It was one of my favorite series uh, when it was coming out. It is so beautiful. I love. The presentation of the packaging DC did, especially with all the variant covers included in the back. And that is the Super Sons Omnibus by Tomasi and Gleason and Jimenez and company. I didn't even know that came out. It did come out. It's right there on my shelf. I'm looking right at it. Darn it. It is sitting here in my stack of recent books that I haven't filed yet. Oh, oh God. It's Odd man such, I mean, it's not, it's not a huge... Omnibus. I mean, it's the 16 issues plus some extras wherever they appeared, but it's it's so nice to have it all in one cover, between two covers. All right, lucky number 13. Favorite anthology comic. And for the listeners' selections in third place, 2000 AD with 6% of the vote. Second place goes to the DC Nuclear Winter Special with 8% of the vote. And the first place uh, winner is Where We Live with 12% of the vote. The um, anthology where the proceeds went to benefit um, survivors of the Las Vegas shooting. Um, a lot of worthy category or a lot of worthy potential entries in this category. I think this year there was actually the Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico Strong yeah. uh, anthology as well. Um which I keep meaning to pick up, but haven't yet. Um, I ultimately went with something that was sort of a sentimental choice for me. Um, even though I feel like the, the book itself is sort of wildly uneven, but ultimately it came down to, it was, it was sort of an, neat final calling card for somebody who left us too soon. And that's Anthony Bourdain's hungry ghosts from dark horse. Oh, nice. Amazing artists working on this. And you've got Paul Pope. Um, you've got Vanessa Del Rey. You've got Francesco Francovia, uh, about Alberto Bonticelli. It's like I said, there, your mileage may vary on some of these things, but, and honestly, my mileage varied on some of these stories, but ultimately, this was a book that sort of encapsulated. I mean, I love the fact that this guy loved comics, and you know, whatever the creative process was with him and the, his co-writer doesn't matter. I feel like the world of travel and food writing um, would have been poorer if not for Anthony. Sure, 
And I like having this on my shelf and turning to it, even though there's some things in it that maybe aren't home runs. It's just a, it's like I said, it's, it's a neat final thing um, to have his name on it. So sure. Ultimately Anthony Bourdain's hungry ghost from dark horse is my winner. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're describing, I think John, what, what is the, the fairest way to describe anthologies, which is that uh, no anthology. Well, I can't say no, but most anthologies are inevitably going to have things that are not quite as, as poignant sure. or pertinent as a, uh, you know, but it's like the, the it's the thing I love about comic anthologies is the sum is often greater than the constituent parts. Um, for me, like you said, great year. I think a very good year. Um, you know, book we really didn't talk about much at all on the show. Ice Cream Man is a horror anthology that, uh, like a Twilight Zone anthology that came out by Image and uh, twenty four panels certainly deserves some love. Steve Thompson's book, but uh, but yeah, I ultimately had to go with Where We Live. It's a book that I I love why it was created. Um, I love the I love that uh, that Jay Williams and his wife put so much time and energy in it. I love that they were gracious enough to come on the show and talk about it for an episode, and uh, and then ultimately when it came out, I thought it really delivered. So for me, uh, really very easy choice to pick where we live this year. Yeah, that's um, pretty much the same reason. I, it, it's it's why it's why it, it was it's weird. It, it it's. It is my favorite. I, 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 I'm very appreciative of everybody who came together to work on it. I'm, I'm saddened and gutted, and, and it hurts me that that it was absolutely needed. But it's, um, I, I'm, I'm glad something, um, I don't say positive, came out of such a tragedy. But um, as far as things that. Um, made a difference or, or, or I felt an impact. It, it's where we live was, uh, was, was if I want to say favorite, my favorite anthology of the year. Well, I obviously have no feelings for anyone other than myself <laughs> because <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is, brother. I actually, I went with the uh, work from a man who actually made one of my favorite novels even better and despite the title of this thing, it is an anthology. It may be called Junji Ito's Frankenstein, but there's more than Frankenstein uh, in within its pages. So, uh, I, again, it was one of those things that totally surprised me. Um, and it's shocking and disturbing and unsettling, and you never see it coming. And it's it should be read by anyone who, who you know... Uh, embraces the horror genre it's just it's a masterpiece so uh junji ito's frankenstein from my favorite anthology nice frankenstein is a sympathetic character vince i think you're you're okay you didn't <laughs> um yeah not so much in in this book. <laughs> okay all right <laughs> good all try right. though all right love you poor guy. all right up next our favorite <laughs> crime slash mystery comic interestingly one of the few categories where we completely depart from the audience Yep. With our choices. Um, the listener's third choice was, with 6% of the vote, Gideon Falls, my choice for horror comic. Um, in second place, with 9% of the vote, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies, the novella that came out this year uh, by Brubaker and Phillips that that uh, that uh, we recently talked about as, as as officially by them being named the, uh, the seventh volume of Criminal. Seventh or eighth? Or eighth, rather. Thank you. Eighth, because, yep. And then uh, in first place, the same team brings us uh, the audience's favorite 
with a whopping 23% of the votes, went to kill or be killed. Mm, baffling, but okay. <laughs> oh, because you don't think it's a crime or mystery book? No, just no. I'm sure it is. It, it's just it, it, of of all the works that these creators have worked on together, I, it, it's the one that that I I don't want to say dislike. It's, it's least resonates with me. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't see the I attraction. Finished, yeah, so I can't speak on it. Um, for me this year, uh, I went with a study in Emerald, which um, oh. you know we got a, we we had a couple books this year uh, through Dark Horse of Neil Gaiman uh, uh, comic work again, which is fun. And this one just 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 touched all the the right the right naughty bits because it uh, Neil wrote he wrote a, a novel of this um, many years ago and it was um, it was a mashup of the Sherlock Holmes world of Study in Scarlet with uh, with with Lovecraft and uh, this year he took that same uh, story adapted it to comic form and let my main man Raphael Albuquerque draw it and uh, it was perfection on a page so. Um, definitely, even though I love the Brubaker Phillips stuff, this for me stood above all of that this year. I, um, this is one of the, I think few times this evening that, um, we're actually in agreement. Uh, some of us might be in agreement. Um, I went with a mini series that we discussed as it was coming out and it was absolutely amazing. And, um, written and illustrated by Mr. Dan Panosian. I'm going to let Vince talk about it a little bit more. Uh, not that I just spoiled his pick, but my well, favorite crime <laughs> slash mystery book is Slots. Yes. I too went with Slots, and I have to be completely honest, when I heard that Dan Panosian, who is a very formidable illustrator, was going to be writing as well as drawing uh, his image miniseries, I thought, okay, it's going to be a, a beautifully illustrated train wreck. And I was very pleased to learn that it was nowhere close to that. The story was great uh, with very lovable and uh, despicable characters. And as I expected, it was beautifully illustrated. So I went with slots, too. Well, they were getting into the portion of my picks where it really was about quality over quantity. Um we only got three issues of this series this year, but they were the final three issues. They were, yes. And I'm talking about Matt Kent's Department H from Dark Horse. Respect. Yeah. Just such a satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. He and his wife made a beautiful comic book. The single issues um, were wonderful. I've, I can look at the hardcover um, collections here on my shelf they're wonderful. Um, just a completely satisfying read from beginning to end. And I don't know why anyone would expect anything else from Matt Kent. It's the kind of thing where the way the series ended, you know, all the clues were there. <laughs> all the clues were there all along. And then on top of that, I'm going to tell you why the series was not actually about the mystery. I'm going to tell you, you know, some of the bigger picture things that you might've missed along the way. So it's, it was doubly great when talking about a mystery comic book, uh, it ticked all the boxes for me. So department H, um, from Matt and Charlene Kent. Sweet. So now we have favorite nonfiction or historical comic, of course. Um, which 
it's ironic that it's me because <laughs> um yeah i i don't <laughs> think i uh, favorite nonfiction book okay uh the into the spider-verse art book i guess i didn't i didn't read any i don't recall reading any um biographical autobiographical um or uh or history ish type story i have a lennon book that that flippa gave me but i don't even think it was published this year and uh it probably isn't necessarily autobiographical so what about the audience though you know what? I will give the audience. <laughs> I will let you know what they picked. Um, Very low percentages, though. It's it's uh, at five percent. Is Marvelocity. In second place with seven percent is The Bridge. And your listeners' first place pick is with eight percent. Which you know what? Maybe this could. I read the first two issues of this, so maybe this would be my answer as well. Then, if it actually does count, is "Hey Kids" comics by Mister Howard Shaken. Howie, I don't recall reading a a, a nonfiction or a history uh, comic, but um, maybe I guess the Zorro Legendary Adventures from American no. Mythology. Con- <laughs> I mean, it is. It is a not, very that is not that is fiction. No, it's not. It's it's a very specific time in Mex American history. Is a fictional character. The gay blade did not exist in real life. You don't know that. Anyway, John, but anyway, <laughs> this was a book um, that I actually got my hands on in 2017 as part of the Kickstarter, um, and has been picked up and published. Uh, it was published this fall by IDW's. Black Crown imprint. Um, it's Femme Magnifique, uh, 50 Magnificent Women Who Changed the World. And probably technically um, better for the anthology category, but not unlike Vince, I didn't read a whole lot of nonfiction books this year. Um, but if you don't know what this book is about, um, it's essentially 50 profiles of historical women who... Um, were notable in a number of different fields. And the list of creators, Gail Simone, Kelly, du- Kelly Sue DeConnick, Bill Sienkiewicz, Kieran Gillen, Sanford Green, Jill Thompson, uh, Gilbert Hernandez, Gerard Way, Marguerite Bennett. Um, just this book is jam-packed full of amazing. There, Every uh, vignette in here is about four pages. Um so, like I said, even though it's technically a um, oh, and I've sort of buried the lead here. Uh, Shelley Bond um, from of Vertigo fame was sort of the curator of this collection, um, along with Christy and Brian Miller of uh, Hi-Fi Academy Press uh, when it um, came out via Kickstarter. But um, the final thing I want to say about uh, this book is that stupefyingly you can read the entire thing on comiXology unlimited um right now so um get yourself to that if you like it there buy the book have it on your shelf it's a wonderful collection especially if you've got young women in your life you know that you want to be able to you know get somebody graduating something you know it would be a wonderful gift to give to people you know here are some ass-kicking women um so that's my selection for favorite nonfiction book. Well done. Well done. All right. I'm and, up. Uh, no, I didn't give mine yet. Oh, geez. 
Jason's like, we got to speed it up. Chop, chop. All right, here we go. It's just like, all right, everybody. Really it's go. like, all right. Uh, no, my my choice. Um, weirdly enough, uh, similarly named to Hey Kids Comics, but totally different book. Uh, hey Kiddo uh, by Jared. Uh, and I'm probably totally butchering his name because I don't know how to say it. I've never heard it said, but uh, Krozoshka. Um, but uh, it's it's essentially it is a uh, it's autobiographical um, story of Jared's life. His life. Uh, he basically was raised by his grandparents and uh, his mother. Unfortunately, was a drug addict, and uh, uh, it's it's a yeah it's a slice of life book that came out this year geared towards uh, teen readers, and uh, I, I found it very powerful. For I you know a lot of the the subject matter resonated with me, shall we say? Uh, so I'm sure some of you know what I'm getting at, but anyway, it was a, a powerful book and, um, and and definitely worth a read if you're into the slice of life. Uh, so hey, kiddo, nice. Okay, I'm well, up wait, with... Wait, time oh. out. No. Well... You, 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 you said halfway through. Well, that's what I was... I was getting to that. Oh! <laughs> oh that's why he was ready to okay. step all over your oh, dick. All right. I'm up next with the favorite licensed comic. But before I do that... Uh, after much deliberation... Uh, if you recall, we had a contest among um, the creative people in our listenership to provide us with album art for our uh, 2019 episodes. And Daniel White won the uh, the spot with his piece. But we said, you know you're what? You're looking we, at right now as you're listening to this, actually. It's true. And uh, we, had, uh, we have a number of episodes that are just patron-specific from our Patreon people that, that fund us and, and provide us with the extra episodes that you get uh, year long, and we said, "Hey, it'll be a good idea if we selected another artist to um, take the album art for those episodes." So we did that, and Jason's going to tell you who the lucky winner was. Yes, after a lot of deliberation and closed door meetings and uh, grift and backdoor payments through channels, <laughs> uh, we are very happy to announce that the winner of the Patreon B side cover art this year is a gentleman that some of you may have uh, known in some capacity. His name is Mr. John O'Neill. Woo! What? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. We love it. You guys are hilarious. Yes. No, we That's love surprise, it. Surprise, surprise, yeah. surprise. <laughs> it's a solid piece, man. Man, that's awesome. So thank good. You. So thank you for for taking the time to to create it and submit it. And uh, when I when I'm speaking personally, uh, when I first saw it, I'm like, hot damn! I love that <laughs> image. So uh, yes, congratulations. Yeah, um, thank you guys. It's a that's a I don't know what to say. That's amazing. Thank you. It's an honor. Well, thank you. All right, right on. Now, uh, favorite licensed comic. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> Um, in the show category, the listeners, 6% of them to be specific, went with Aliens, Dead Orbit. Tom Scholey's GoBots placed with 7% of the listenership. And in the win category, with 10% of you people who care about this stuff, Star Wars took it home. Now... Um, this, uh, I read a lot of licensed comics. Really do. I, yeah, I, I do. do. And, um, the ton of comics from, from Dynamite. But, uh, one stuck out as being, uh, exemplary. Uh, 
and it was from IDW, written by John Barber, with art by Alex Milne, Transformers Unicron. I think they brought the uh, IDW Transformers verse to a, a rousing crescendo with this book. I, it was just great. And um, I'm very eager to see what's coming next. So much so that I pre-ordered Transformers 1 and 2 in, this, in this month's previews. Um, it, it was a, a very fitting, very um, stylish end. It did not go where I thought it would go. And um, I, I loved it. Transformers Unicron. I'm going to admit something here for um, before my selection. I have not read any Mark Russell comics. Ooh. Let the flailing begin. That's okay. Um, but my selection and the fact that I read it towards the tail end of the year here um, bailed me out from having to pick My Little Pony comics, uh, which my <laughs> daughter enjoys very much and is a very well-made comic my daughter, from IDW. Wink, wink. <laughs> I am not a brony. Shout out to Tony Fleece. <laughs> my coworker is Tony Fleece, the, my man. The those comics though are superb yeah. in terms of their craftsmanship. Um but this book by Mark Russell from Dynamite, uh, I selected The Lone Ranger. And Ooh. not having a whole lot of experience uh with Mark Russell's writing other than what I've seen people talking about with Flintstones, um and I guess the Snagglepuss uh series. It's sort of amazing. Um, and typically, and I have no idea who Bob Q is. Maybe some of you guys can en- enlighten me. He provides the art for this book. Um, I certainly do. I have a, an awesome domino commission from him. Okay. <laughs> uh, super clean <laughs> artwork. <laughs> Literally just arrived like a week ago. <laughs> awesome. Super clean artwork, which ordinarily would turn me off from something that takes place in the 1890s. Um, but it doesn't here. It, and it's, it looks amazing. It reads amazing. I'm sort of a mark for Texas based stories anyway. I mean, we're dealing with a, you know, a time where, you know, people are coming in and trying to reapportion, you know, the land in Texas. And, you know, when it's Texas is moving from being a Republic to a state and, um, I could have chosen this for um, for the uh, nonfiction category. No, um, but no, Lone Ranger, I've really enjoyed. And I think the fourth issue just came out here recently, but um, it's worth checking out from Dynamite. So that's my choice for a licensed book. All right. I certainly will do that. Uh, I do not read a lot of licensed books, uh, but... I gotta have. Uh, I'm very glad that Vince got to go first on this one because I knew he would do it justice. But I, I, I I'm uh, following in uh, in Mr. B's lead, and uh, I also chose Transformers Unicron for the same reasons. I was not as steeped in the IDW Transformers universe as Vince was, but I did enjoy it periodically, and uh, I jumped on board for the finale. And I think that they uh, they did a great job with it. So nice. Uh, my pick is uh, published by Titan. It is written by Max Allen Collins with a story by Collins and Mickey Spillane. Art by Marcello Salazar and Marcio Frieri. Um, it is not. It's, it's not my favorite because of the art, um, but I am. I enjoyed Collins' story, and that is Mickey Spillane's. Mike Hammer, uh, The Night I Died, 
the four-issue series, I said, published by Titan under their hard case crime line. Um, I enjoy the gumshoes. I enjoy them more when um, the artist might be more familiar with the setting. But um, as far as the story goes, it was one of them, it, it was my favorite of the few licensed books that I read. And um, I, it, it was the one that made most sense in this category. Excellent. Next up is favorite original graphic novel. Um, the listeners in the third place spot voted on Upgrade Soul, and that got 6% of the votes. Second place was Green Lantern, Earth One, getting 16% of the votes. And in the first place position, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies, getting 21% of the votes. I um, went with a little bit out of left field choice again, but from a publisher that I think is doing amazing work and is this past year and will likely continue to make it do amazing work. And I selected Heracles book one. Uh, and it's a part of Lion Forge's magnetic collection. And it's by Edward Kerr. And it was originally published in French and it's essentially the first part of the story of the classic Greek myth of Hercules's 12 labors. And I, I can't tell you <laughs> what a joy this was to read. I, you know, I, I know David is a fan of mage and, and, and you guys are a fan of mythology tinged books. Um, this thing was so irreverent, so like casually funny, um, moving. Hercules himself is rendered not as some like muscle bound strong man. He, he looks like a blob. He has giant feet, giant hands. Um, there's a scene where, you know, he shoots a bird out of the sky and on a dead run catches the bird, um, that he's just shot with his bow and arrow and starts chomping on it while he's running. I mean, things like that in the book that are happening that, you know, are just like funny takes on this, you know, classic myth. And the second book I think is due out, you know, sometime here in the next few months, I think it solicited a couple of months ago, but, um, and the production value of the book, um, let just a single, uh, spot gold foil, uh, printing of the cover very effectively, handsomely done on a uh, it's first class all around. Um, that's my selection for favorite OGN. All right, uh, I selected Ezra Clayton Daniels' Upgrade Soul. So back to back Lion Forge books, different Lion Forge books, but but Lion Forge books nonetheless. Um, just a, an amazing book. Um, just. We talked about it on the show a couple months back, but you know, just just an astounding uh, avant-garde look at, uh, at at what it means to you know be a, a human being and 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 what uh, uh, you know what it means to age and and uh, the concept of self. Just uh, really, really thoughtful and 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 a fantastic read from start to finish. So, uh, upgrade soul favorite OGN. 
Excellent. I uh, I was this close to picking up Great Soul, but it's been so long since I read a story with one of my favorite characters that I really enjoyed, and I was so happy to uh, to see him return. Uh, I had to go with Green Lantern Earth One. Wow. Such a good book. Hug me, David, because I picked the same damn thing. Yeah, you did. I did. Written and uh, drawn by the husband-wife powerhouse team of uh, Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becco with uh, color art by Jordan Boyd. I was surprised at the uh, Gabe and Karina's take on, on the Lantern uh, mythology so much so that I mean yes I knew it was going to look great but I, I was like oh I don't know Gabe and Karina do they yes they're great writers but do they have what it takes to make Green Lantern appealing to me <laughs> and and <laughs> at least this at least Hal yeah. yeah yeah exactly um, and, yeah and they did yeah, and it's it's a stunning presentation um, DC did a great job on the the trade dress on it it's just it's a magnificent book. So yeah, I can't uh, wait for the sequel. Yes, true. Yeah, for sure. True that. For sure. No, that was definitely in the running too for me. That was a great choice. Um, okay, one of my favorite categories coming up here: uh, favorite limited series. Woot woot! The audience, uh, with four percent of the vote, chose Doctor Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows, part of the aforementioned Black Hammer Lemire verse. Uh, in second place, a book that I feel like the world loved a lot more than we liked. <laughs> Which is uh, with five percent of the vote, Batman White Knight um, by uh, I don't know if he goes by Sean Gordon Murphy these days or just Sean Murphy. I can't keep track. Um, and with forty percent of the vote, the largest winner outside of the Stanley passing, um, which is uh, saying something, with forty percent of the vote. Ever, uh, so pretty much the consensus favorite limited series from our listenership is. Tom King and Mitch Garrett's Mr. Miracle. No surprise. Yeah. Not a surprise at all. And, nope. and obviously, needless to say, super worthy choice. For I did not go with it, though. Uh, I, I went a different direction. Yes, <gasps> yes, I know. Yes. I went a different <laughs> direction. I went with Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. Um, Four-issue limited series. Uh, just it, it basically Lemire's take on Starman meets the Green Lantern Corps. Um, but it really had a Dem Feels ending. Um, just I think it just hit all the right notes. And and Fiumara is one of those artists that I just I don't know why he can't do more comics because every time I see him draw a comic I just I just absolutely nearly faint with uh, with glee. But uh, but yeah, love that love that miniseries. Probably my favorite part of the 2018 version of the Black Hammer universe. And that's saying something. So. Oh, I um, I, I was going back and forth on this for a long time, and and up until tonight, I thought I was still um, up in the air. But but weighing both, I, I didn't go with um, the one I thought I was going to go with. Um, I ended up going with Mister Miracle as my favorite of the year, both for the writing and the art, and. Um, Mr. Miracle isn't exactly one of my favorite DC characters. Um, I appreciate him thanks to Giffen and DeMatteis, 
but uh, what Tom and Mitch did with the character and 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 telling that story in twelve issues was uh, was close to extraordinary. So I just barely had to give it the nod. This was a very very difficult category for me because there were a lot of great miniseries. Yes, in uh, twenty eighteen, um, not the least of which was uh cosmic ghost rider uh jeff lemire's the sentry was great um avengers no surrender um grave trancers remember by uh miller and and why not just amazing miniseries but in the end i went with uh written by joshua williamson illustrated by riley rosmo with color art by ivan placencia it is the Vertigo miniseries called Deathbed. Respect. Yeah. Mm, yep. Yes. That almost had mine. So. <laughs> oh, no. Not going to try to talk you guys out of your opinions about this. And the thing that Jason said, I think about three hours ago now, about changing the way he did his ballot. I did not do that. I tried <laughs> to spread the love around. Um, because there was an obvious winner of this category for me but i thought i'd sort of put that in my pocket for later and i did actually go with batman white knight and i know it wasn't something that you guys were vibing on at all um but i sort of went into it with this this is an elseworlds tale um mentality it was this mashup of batman's comic history his cartoon history his cinematic history that I found raucously fun. It was absolutely ridiculous on multiple fronts. Um, you guys remember the the Spider Man and his amazing friends, where Norman Osborn Norman Osborn actually transforms into the Green Goblin. You know, he doesn't have a mask or anything. He actually, like the Hulk, he turns into the Green Goblin. You know, the Joker does that in this series. You know, he he turns into the Joker. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, but the thing that I kept coming back to was there was one part of this series, apart from, you know, Mr. Freeze having this nice role in there, which who's my favorite member of the rogues gallery. Um, this concept of the two Harleys, um, one that was the original Harley that was the doctor, you know, who was, you know, fell in love with the Joker and had, ultimately at some point had had enough and had to move away from all these, you know, anarchy uh, tendencies. And then you had this other one who came in and explaining sort of what's happening. Um, So um, with why there's a difference between the Harley we originally knew and the new, the Harley that we see most often now. And I think that part alone sort of made this something that was like, you know, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool that, you know, the Joker was too crazy to even notice that. So um, that ultimately, you know, made this book a limited series worthwhile to me. Um, It was fun. It was a mashup. It was ridiculous. It wasn't canonical, you know, in continuity. I enjoyed it. So Batman (laughs) White Knight. (laughs) Well said. Good on you. Diggity dat. So... We are up to your favorite new comic that started 
in 2018. And in third place, the listeners with 5% of the votes chose Immortal Hulk as their favorite. Second place, Murder Falcon with 7% of the votes. And the listeners' first place, 11% of the votes, their favorite new comic in 2018 was Gideon, is Gideon Falls. And my favorite new comic where is this where, I, oh my god this 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 thing is all because he's already color-coded everything i'm i'm my mind i can't where where's favorite new comic bro what do you mean the it's um, highlighted right there 32 bro 32 yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Thank you so much. All right. Wow. All right. Yeah. No, because everything's pink now. My 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 eyes are going buggy. Um, mine. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, is is of course. I say of course as if we talked about it all night. The Terrifics <laughs> by Mr. Jeff We're Lemire getting, getting and a <laughs> slew of artists in the yes ten plus annual issues we've had so far. Nice. That's a good choice. It is. Yes. For my favorite new comic, I would uh, implore you to raise your fist in praise of metal. We have <laughs> we have flying drum kits, giant monsters, announced signature moves. What? It is, of course, from the uh, formidable dude, Daniel Warren Johnson, Murder Falcon, is without question my favorite new comic of 2018. There were a lot of places I probably could have slotted this comic as far as the genres, but ultimately I went with Coda for my favorite new comic from Boom Studios. I mentioned it earlier in connection with Matthias Bergara as the breakout uh, artist or creator of the year. Not to take anything away from Simon Spurrier and what he's doing uh, here with the story, which is ultimately a love story. Um, It's... A great book with beautiful art, cleverly written. I enjoyed it very much. Um, it's my new comic, favorite new comic of the year, Coda. Nice. Good job. Well, I mean, all of those are great and, and worthy choices. For me, listen, there was no, this was, <laughs> if there's ever a layup for me, it was going to be this year. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, needless to say, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the world's largest domino fans, if not the largest, I guess. Uh, and and it's uh, I guess it's a condemnation of her as a character that it took 30 years for her to have a quality ongoing book in her name. But uh, we finally got that. Thanks to Gail Simone and David Baldion. Uh, you all know I love this book. Uh, you all know I'll be super sad when it's eventually canceled. But uh, either way, Domino was easily my favorite new comic this year. No surprise at all. No, at all. Yes. So, I am up now, yes, with uh, Favorite Adventure Comic. 4% of the listeners chose The Terrifics, Jeff Lemire and Company. 5% went with Murder Falcon in the second slot. And number one, Favorite Adventure Comic, with 6% of the votes, was Deadly Class. Mm. Yeah. Tight. The... De- diverse group. I mean, the winner only had 6%. Yeah. There were just dozens and dozens of nominees for that one. Three great choices, but not the right ones, because <laughs> because uh, my favorite adventure book, and you've heard it mentioned a number of times tonight, is written by Simon Spurrier, 
with art by Matthias Bergara, um, colorist sits by Michael Doig, uh, published by Boom. It is Coda. It's a phenomenal book. Such a good book. Yes. Take but it away. Your choice, John. Yes, for my adventure book, I went with, as has been referenced before, uh, from the hardest working man in comics, probably still, and probably probably for a long time, Jeff Lemire, Black Hammer, um, the most recent incarnation of, is Age of Doom yes. uh, from Dark Horse. Um, I, I just love the... I love that this is a love letter to comics, yep. not just that it's a fun story. It's a love letter to the stuff that he loves. And that it's a simple premise that he can just spiral out of um, these, these great nuances and stories. So yeah, black hammer age of doom just continues to be a treat. No doubt. No doubt. Um, for me, this was uh, this was one that uh, honestly I got to thank my booze for because they talked about this long before I got into it. But uh, but damn, am I happy that they convinced me to try it out? And that is uh, from well brought over to the U.S. thankfully by Lion Forge this year through uh, through their amazing Bondesine imprint, and it is uh, Infinity Eight, which. Um, you know, look, we talked a lot about it this year, so I don't want to spend too much time. But I just, I thought this was is amazing, and um, you know, it's 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 sci-fi pulp titillating adventure with beautiful female leads and wacky, humorous slash action-packed, um, you know, space opera and time travel. It's it's got a little bit of everything for everybody. So um, can't wait for the next volume to uh, to get get here ASAP. I think it's coming soon. So. There's hope for you yet. Hmm. I know. I know. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, Infinity Eight was my favorite adventure book. Yes, sir. Eighteen as well. Um, looks great. It's 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 witty. It's it's funny. It's just. It reminds me of the days when I would pick up heavy metal down at the newsstand. I just uh, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. So that. Is why I chose it. (laughs) (laughs) Next category, favorite sci-fi fantasy comic. And in the third position, as the listeners voted, Black Science with 7%. And second place, Coda with 8%. And Saga coming in first with 10%. How about that? Right? Is that book still? Anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's only mentioned tonight so far, right? <laughs> right. It is, yeah. Um, so just to complete the, the whip around here from the adventure comic category for the sci-fi fantasy comic, I have selected Infinity 8. There you um, go. Co-sign everything uh, that Jason and uh, David have said about it. And... Just the construction of the story itself is just, I mean, I love it. It's its its wonderful. It's worth your time. Um, my favorite science fiction fantasy book of 2018. And I can't wait for the rest. Respect. Uh, for me, this was a book that uh, didn't pay much attention to as it was coming out. And then this year we all jumped on it thanks to a book of the month. And um, I then subsequently read the next two trades right after 
Um, blown away by the book. Definitely at the top of my stack now. Um, Marjorie Liu is the writer. Sonic Takeda is the brilliant artist. So my favorite, uh, and this would be fantasy more than sci-fi, but my favorite fantasy book this year uh, easily is Monstrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is a little book that... Um we talked about when the first issue came out, um, the trade collects everything quite nicely. It is the season of the snake written by Sergey Lehman pencils and inks by Jean Marie Michaud. And it's translated by Edward Gauvin. Um, it looks, it, it's, it's a fun, Oh, it's crazy. It's it's again. It I mean, echoing what I just said about Infinity Eight. Um, as much as that reminds me of the heavy metal stuff, I used to read this even more so. There's definitely a nice little Mobius feel to it. Um, it's just I read a lot of sci-fi stuff, and I think most of the things we read can be uh, considered fantasy to a degree. But um, when I think back on the year. This was one of the things that just eked it a little bit more above the others. Well, if I had my way, and uh, at the risk of getting the stink eye from both my co-hosts, John, and (laughs) all of the listeners, I would have inserted this book into every single category. But uh, because it it was by far one of the best things that I read last year and continue to read um written and illustrated by Inio Asano for my favorite sci-fi fantasy book I went with Dead Dead Demons DDDDD Destruction <laughs> it it is just a masterful book shocked yes and uh uh the 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 sci-fi element is merely the backdrop it's really a story of of two young girls and their friendship and how they their lives have changed uh, due to the presence presence of uh, aliens over Tokyo. It's if you haven't read it, I'm shaking your lapels here right now. Get this book, uh-huh. Dead 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 Demons, DDDD Destruction. In a, in a couple of years, Jason will, will will read it. He'll be like, "Dude, did you ever hear about this?" Yeah. Oh, it's like, not, no, uh, that's no, so, that's so horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's so horrible. It really is. Uh, oh, I just gave you the love for turning me on to to Infinity. That's that's hurtful, but I'm sorry. But okay. um, uh, there is a runner-up for this category, and it's Scales and Scoundrels, which was great as well, but not as great nice. as Dead Dead Demons. D D D D. Whatever. Uh, All right. Yep. No. Yep. That's me. Um, the last of our thematic book categories, and then we get into the the stretch run here of the of the Wumba, the, the, the big the big awards, the sort of end of the Oscars awards. But this one is our favorite superhero comic, which uh, admittedly is probably one of the tougher ones because, let's be honest, we, we still read a disproportionate number of superhero books. Um, the audience, with 8% of the vote, their third-place choice was Action Comics, feeling that Brian Michael Bendis vibe. With 9% of the vote, just edging it out for second place, was Mr. Miracle. Mm-hmm. And probably not surprisingly... Uh, with 17% of the vote, the listener's top superhero book of the year was Batman. Uh, I went with none of those. Um, I went with, at first time in a lot of years I could say this, I went with the Avengers. And uh, honestly, that might be surprising to some of you because 
I wasn't like blown away by the Jason Aaron, the first few issues of the Aaron McGinnis run, but two things on that. One, I do think, uh, as Vince alluded to last episode, uh, it picks up big time after the first few episodes, uh, first few issues. So the, the Jason Aaron run exited the year in we, the Avengers exited the year in great shape. But honestly, I gave it my nod because I couldn't possibly not recognize the 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 magic that was No Surrender, exactly, which was sixteen weekly issues written and drawn by a pantheon of people. Uh, we we talked about it at length. I mean, it, it was the most talked about book. We we talked about Avengers No Surrender more times, more episodes in 2018 than any book, um, any other book, and I think with good reason. So loved that run. That will go right up there with Avengers Forever in my all time great Avengers runs. Uh, it looked great. It read great. It was a wonderful collaboration of a bunch of different creators and uh, with my favorite team. So for me, Avengers was my favorite superhero book. That's great. I I was close to picking Avengers as well because of No Surrender uh, and because I've been catching up on Aaron's Avengers stuff. Um, but again, this is one of those things where it, I'm, I'm weighing things out and um, – as I dwell on what makes me smile or, or, or what's, what's, what's tickling me. It's, it's uh, my favorite superhero book right now. I got to read it as it hits is action comics. Um, I just, there's something Bendis is doing with that book over Superman that I cannot turn away from. Yeah. I'm not going to surprise anyone. <laughs> my favorite superhero book is Savage Dragon. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. Is that all you had to say? That, I mean, what what else needs to be <laughs> yeah, said? I yeah. say the same damn thing every year. Yeah. So for, um, I actually went with the listeners. Number one choice. I went with Batman. And I, the it feels like inertia it does at this point it feels like i mean you love tom you love the character you know it's like okay it's just but the thing i continue to appreciate the fact that tom continues to explore these themes these facets of themes of the character and on top of that in an age where we sort of lament that you know creative teams keep changing around i love the fact that when the teams change on this title. It feel it's it's part of a plan. There is an editorial juggling act that's going along with this with the double shipping of this title that feels organic. So when you have a you know a three issue, a four issue, a five issue run, you know you get some continuity. And I think that's one thing that you know where you don't where you feel like with this title with Batman um, that. You don't just get these arbitrary, oh, they're not going to be able to make the schedule. We're going to change creative teams. Um, I, I appreciate that about that. That's my sort of project manager nerd coming out. Um, but it's just been great stories. It's been interesting stories. They haven't all been home runs, but he's swinging for, you know, hitting it out of the park with different aspects of the character. And I appreciate that. So Batman is my selection as well, along with the listeners. Right on. Nice. All right, here come the enchiladas. All right, so your favorite penciler. Mm-hmm. Time. 
of 2018 in third place with 4% of the votes the listeners voted for. Their favorite was Jorge Jimenez in second place. 5% of the vote, Daniel Warren Johnson. And a whopping 31% leaving everybody else in the dust. The listener's Mm. first place favorite penciler of 2018 is Mitch Jarrett's. And I am part of the the third place. And I also went with Jorge Jimenez, who just, I mean, considering the second year in a row for you. Mm-hmm. He was. I, I definitely mentioned him last year. He may have been breakout. He may have been penciler. You're absolutely right. But I mean, with his work on Super Sons, he did the story in DC Nation. He did Justice League. He's done covers. The man is just. Uh, I I look at his work and and I just start drooling. I, he, I and you can't take your eyes off his IG because he's buff. He is <laughs> buff. You know, I, I'm torn between you know his 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 pencil work or his 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 leg day work. It's just it's fantastic stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, Jorge Jimenez is my favorite penciler of 2018. The work of my favorite penciler, um, it, it just amazes me how much emotion this guy gets in in his line work. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, he, it, it's it's crazy. Yes, um, each new book. Uh, he gets better and better and better. Uh, he wowed us on Batman Shadow, um, and Deathbed was a tour de force. I'm, of course, Riley Rosmo is is my favorite penciler. He's very close to being mine. Nice. Once again, quality over quantity. Um, I have no idea what this penciler did outside of these three issues this year, but they were so jaw-droppingly beautiful that I had to give it to Mr. Lee Weeks. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no. For Batman 51 through 53, plus the covers. Just the the consummate draftsmanship in those issues. And just, there was a throwback quality to him. I just... I, I can't say enough how amazing they looked, and he's my favorite penciler. I don't care if it was three issues or not. No doubt. You know, for me, the, the winner of this category and our next category are, are truly interchangeable. Um, as, as we've been discussing uh, offline, you know, the, the industry is changing a lot, and, and it almost seems like more, more pencilers ink themselves than not anymore, which is a big change. Um. So I could have gone the other way, I could have swapped these two, but had to pick one direction or the other. So for me, my favorite penciler, although she also inks and colors her own work, because she's really more of a painter, is Sana Takeda for Monstrous. Nice. Um, I, those pages, it's just like, I, I look at a page and I think it must have taken her a month to draw each page. Don't know how she does it. So, Well said. I'm going to give up this category to David this year. David, oh. David could do the 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 driving, and I'll just, just I'll just went. go ahead. I'll just chime in at the end. <sighs> well, because Vince loves me, I he advocated the throne. Look at that. This is this is uh, this is the hill I will die on. The, the, my, your favorite anchor, <laughs> or in parentheses, penciler slash anchor, uh, as Jason said, a lot of a lot of pencilers will just ink their own work. Uh, either for financial reasons or for just final say in how the book should look before it gets the colors. Um, listeners, 
picked in third place, Danny Meeky. Respect. Uh, second place with 7% of the votes, Jonathan Glapion. Also respect. And the listeners, because they're smart, 11% of them at least, as, as, uh, as they are tuned in with me. In first place, like I said, 11% of the votes, your favorite anchor is Mark Morales. And I say this is the hill I will die on it because as long as it is favorite anchor in that category, I will opt to go for someone whose bread and butter is actually embellishing and enhancing the pencil work. They may be decent pencils in their own right. They may be able to tell a story start to finish, but... If they are credited as an anchor on a book, they are definitely going to get more consideration in this category for me than others. I definitely respect people like DWJ and, I mean, even Jimenez has been making himself. Uh, but if you're still an anchor, you're going to be in the running in this category as far as I'm concerned. That's what I'm saying. I know. My favorite anchor uh, I opted, opted his own word, which is my favorite anchor. Ranks himself. That's great. Yes, he does. I yes. opted for the second part of this, the addendum to this category, or penciler anchor, because um, I needed to find a space for this guy because I absolutely <laughs> love his work. So my favorite penciler anchor is Daniel Warren Johnson. Respect. If you needed a reason, you haven't been listening to the show. Damn right. And much love to the, uh, and and you're absolutely right. And and yes, I mean constant. I mean even Pepe Larraz, who was who was I was considering for favorite penciler, inks his own. But it's I, I I'll I will definitely hand it to the listeners this time around because they all three actually yes are are, are their their claim to fame. So, is inking, so if we do move that or penciler inker to the category which it belongs, which is on favorite penciler, I will vote for a straight inker every year. All right, well, okay. that's something to talk about offline. Yes. Right. All right, John, you're up. <laughs> we did. So I was the guy who inks his own pencils. Um, and I went with uh, Mr. Liam Sharp. Oh, good choice. That. And, yeah. I, and I think yeah, ultimately right. it came down to somebody who, and now granted, he is inking his own work. Um, specifically, most recently, Green Lantern, uh, the relaunch series with uh, Grant Morrison, and Brave and the Bold with Batman and Wonder Woman. Um, so beautiful. There yeah. is the what he does is instantly recognizable as Liam Sharp work, and there is a throwback aspect to it with the cross hatching. It's bold and intricate. Some of those machines in in Green Lantern. It's amazing that he's able to throw down that thick and dark of a line and still maintain that sort of detail, um, that sort of small detail. So ultimately, pages like that, projects like uh, he's had this past year, Liam Sharp got my favorite inker slash penciler. Sorry, David. Um, hey, it says penciler the- <laughs> slash inker. It's, right. it's absolutely eligible. You're, so, you're in the clear. Respect. Anyway. And uh, I mean, listen, I, I love Daps dying on the hill. I have picked Mark Morales, I believe, three three different times. So He's good I got love for your choice. This year, though, I went with the penciler slash inker because, as I alluded before with the Son of Takeda thing, I, I really couldn't choose between my favorite artist this year being Son of Takeda or Pepe Larraz. 
And so I gave gave one category to each of them. So my my favorite penciler slash inker of the year is Mr. Laraz, who was the uh, the main artist on Avengers No Surrender. Uh, not the only one, but the main one. And then also, similarly, the main artist on the uh, Extermination mini event, which I thought was the, just about the only really good X-Men comic that came out this year. Mm-hmm. So just has a line that, that I'm just totally in love with. Yeah. I know he's been around a while, but I feel like this year I just I, he kind of jumped into that echelon of I will follow him wherever he goes. So had to had to give him some love. So, favorite writer. (laughs) Getting into the big stuff here. Um, The reader's third choice, uh, third place choice, Jason Aaron with 6% of the votes. And then it jumps dramatically in terms of percentage to our second place uh, winner, which is Jeff Lemire with 22% of the vote. And then the first place writer as selected by uh, your listeners, Tom King with 31% of the vote. The Tom King love continues. Um, And I'm going to continue that love uh, from the (laughs) listeners. It's, it's listen, I appreciate what he does. He, he pays homage to the characters histories, but he doesn't feel shackled by this continuity. Um, he's always trying to explore an old facet of characters with a new wrinkle. Um, you guys were just talking about uh, an episode or two ago about what Al Ewing is doing on immortal Hulk. Same thing. He's taking what's the core ideas of characters and he's sort of, well, let's look at this part. What if this was a thing? What if this was a bigger thing? And it's sort of that sort of slap your head. Why didn't somebody think of that? Um, even the heroes in crisis, the PTSD angle of superheroes. I love, you know, even though, I, you know, they might not be reaching the heights of the things that I have loved from Tom, the heroes in crisis issues or what he's doing with that series. You know, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Let's look at that. You know, let's look at, you know, superheroes suffering from PTSD. It's a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta give it to Tom. I feel like he continues to do things that are important, um, to him. Um, he continues to explore aspects of these characters, you know, these, this, you know, IP that's been around for decades in new and fascinating ways. And I look forward to everything that he puts out. So Tom King is my selection as well. Can never be wrong. Right? Can never be wrong. Um, for me, I, I couldn't possibly choose anyone other than Jeff Lemire. Um, he put out 10 different books this year that I read and loved. Mm. Black Hammer, Age of Doom, Gideon Falls, The Century, Quantum Age, Cthulhuese, Terrifics, Royal City, Descender, Bloodshot Salvation, and Dr. Star, and The Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. That is ridiculous. I mean, 10 different titles in a year and literally for, for, for my vantage, not a single miss among them, uh, multiple publishers, tons of different genres. Obviously with Royal city, he drew it himself, but in the other cases working collaboratively with an artistic partner. Um, I just think this was the year of Lemire. You know, we had him on the show this year. We early in the year, we talked about how he just a deluge of things all kind of hitting some of the stuff he had written a year or two before, but just finally making it to the stands. 
Um, I just think this will go down as one of the historically best runs for a year by any writer ever. I mean, 10 different books that were super high quality. So, Jeff, tip my cap to you, brother. That's great. Um, my favorite, um, whether I'm projecting or not, I, I feel as though maybe he was rejuvenated by a change of scenery, um, playing with new toys. I mentioned him a few times tonight already, just based on when something comes out that he does. And they gave him Superman to play with, whether it, it's, it's Man of Steel, and admittedly, that wasn't a complete home run. Uh, Superman has its moments. Action Comics is... Firing on all cylinders, as far as I'm concerned, but he's still he's still doing the creator own stuff with with uh, with fellow artists with and and whether that's Pearl, which I'm enjoying. Uh, I haven't started cover yet, but he's brought Scarlet back and uh, and and he um, issuing the United States versus Murder Inc. with Michael Avenoming. So, I my favorite writer for 2018, uh, and and even before he left. Marvel, you know, Spider-Man, Defenders, uh, Invincible Iron Man. You know, it's not like he was just coasting. And and I may not have loved everything he's been doing at Marvel towards the end, um, but there's something that that's going on right now. And, and and if it continues, I don't know what 2019 is going to bring. But as far as I'm concerned, after the first issue, Young Justice is definitely going to find its way on my ballot next year. Um, so Brian Michael Bendis has. Became my favorite writer in 2018. Plus news of the year, right? And it's and yes, in case you didn't know, he's at DC now. I I had a struggle in this category between my head and my heart. My my head is telling me that the work of Jason Aaron must be celebrated. Um, that he has created such a deep mythology with thor he's adding to what simon and or sorry with uh, lee and kirby had created in 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 new and inventive ways and it's just such a great book he's got me to read avengers again after all these years but it's the head lost to the heart and uh my favorite writer of the year who has um created something that shocked appalled uh mystified um, and ultimately just had me enraptured in, in, in joy. I went with Al Ewing. That's great. For Immortal Hulk. Nice. <laughs> that, 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 uh, man, my heart is beaming for you. <laughs> That's great. Good for you, man. I love it. I love it. Talk about squeaking in at the end of the year, right? That's yeah. Great. Yep. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, five categories left. Uh, favorite writer artist, aka does it all. So this is someone that, um, well, that uh, they they either write and draw like their own book, or they or they write some books and draw others. But you get the point. Um, with nine percent of the vote, uh, and and a man who normally we talk about more, but didn't didn't mention his name much this 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 year so far. Nine percent of the vote in third place, the audience chose Mr. Ed Pisker. Nice. Uh, with fourteen percent in second place, Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson. And uh, for FYI, Daniel was kind enough to submit a uh, a vote in uh, this year's 
Oklaskers. And no, he did not first for himself. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and in first place, um, with 17% of the vote, Mr. Jeff Lemire. Um, I did not go with Jeff in this category because he was my favorite writer. Um, I went with uh, someone that uh, the audience may have heard of, a gentleman by the name of uh, of Scott E. Young. <laughs> um, you know, listen, I mean, and it's 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 no secret. Scotty's a good friend of ours. He's been on the show a ton of times. Love him to death personally. But I really do think that, um, you know, while he has certainly written comics in the past and for the last few years has had a smash hit with I Hate Fairyland, uh, I feel like this is the year that he's fully made the transition into um, a full-fledged, accomplished writer of multiple, you know, multiple books. And, um, you know, so this year he finished up I Hate Fairyland. He gave us an all-ages book partnering up with a guy that I'm very proud to say I introduced them together years ago at Heroes. Aaron Conley and Bully Wars. Um, Middle West, I think, although it's very early in its run, um, I think I probably would, Vince and David probably agree with me, is on its way, I think, to being the work of his career. Um, if it could, keeps going at this pace, I think this could be his I Kill Giants. It's it's a it's a book that's, he's stretching himself, he's showing the heart, you know, a lot of heart uh, in this book, rather than just give us the funny, he's giving us the heart in that book. And then, uh, Truth. but speaking of the funny, as Vince said with his choice for best single issue, um, it is a daunting thing to write Deadpool, in my opinion. Uh, even though I'm a huge Deadpool fan, um, I have disliked more Deadpool comics than liked because I think humor is such a subjective thing. Um, I think a lot of times it just doesn't click with me, but I think what Scotty's done on that book this year has been fantastic. Certainly right in my wheelhouse. And uh, so for me, this is a year when I got to, I got to give, give our boy some, some much deserved dap and, uh, so my 2018 favorite writer artist is Scotty. Fantastic. Um, I don't know how often I'll get to claim this creator as my favorite writer artist of the year. Um, in a year where we were, we were given as far as cover dates go, 10 issues. Of, oh, I could have used this as my autobiographical. Um, Ten issues of Mage the Hero Denied. He did a fantastic issue of Batman. Um, my favorite writer artist of 2018 is Mad Wagner. Oh, I'm glad I was sitting down for that. Mm. Well, first of all, you you, you saw it already there. But <laughs> I know. Seriously, though, how it's not like I mean. So so even if he does draw the occasional shadow story it's not like you know he usually has other people draw his story so true that it's it's i i i gotta take it when the opportunity gives this is very true very true right uh for this category i could have gone with frank miller for xerxes (laughs) but i true but i didn't yes i could have gone with your senses go ahead i i could have gone with daniel warren johnson or Matthew Allison for his great canker work or, or sweet sepulture, but I didn't. I went with Eric Larson. I'm glad Shocker. I was sitting down. Shocker! <laughs> oh, Lord, the dude's the goat. He he's the goat. Whatever. <laughs> How cool is it that uh, our three winners in this category thus far have all been guests on the show? Yep. And then your next guest on the show. 
Yeah, he hasn't <laughs> been a guest, unfortunately. But we we not without we have tried, my friend. We we have awesome. tried. Um, this guy, like we talked about earlier, um, not a whole lot from Department H, um, which were the only things I think that he illustrated, other than a Riso print um, and a book and record Kickstarter for mind management. I'm talking about Matt Kent. Um. You know, he's uh, finished uh, Grass Kings, uh, worked on Black Black Badge, Eternity, Ether, Copper Golems, continues to write Exo Man of War. I need more art by Matt. Um, I'm looking forward to the Black Hammer 45, uh, but he continues to be my favorite writer artist. Um, I look forward to and buy without question everything uh, that the man puts out. And um, I know his artistic uh, output, uh, as far as uh, lines on the page, wasn't as prolific as in years past. But hey, the guy doesn't miss a month whenever he does commit to something. Uh, I looked back at his Department H. Um, I mean, those issues come out like clockwork. Um, So I do appreciate that about him. Um, And yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, Black Hammer 45. And I think he had a... He has a Amelia Earhart, I think, project on the horizon. He was giving out postcards at uh, Hero, so looking forward to that, too. He's my favorite writer-artist of 2018, even with only three issues illustrated. So there you have it. All Excellent. Right. Your favorite ongoing in 2018. Yeah. The listeners in third place and 7%, their favorite ongoing is was Saga. Uh, second place with 8% is Black Hammer. And with a whopping 22% in first place, the listener's favorite is Batman. Um, I went with something that's been mentioned a couple times already. Mostly, only by me, and that's Action Comics as my favorite ongoing because as soon as an issue comes out, I gots to read it. I feel the same way about my choice. You do. Yes. Now you do. Yes. Now yes. I do because now in, we do. Initially, I took a big steam and yes, dump. We do right, uh, on on this <laughs> right. book. But uh, my favorite ongoing series is Immortal Hulk. And there you go. <laughs> From worst to first, my th- how things have changed. Ah. <sighs> Surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, so that's awesome. Because um, I, I was like you guys. I got the first issue. I don't know about this, but mm-hmm. I'll be checking out the rest here shortly. Um, so my favorite ongoing, uh, another series that we didn't get enough from this year, deservedly so. Um, it's from Image. Maybe because the you know the creator is show is running a busy? television show. I don't know. Um, I'm talking about Deadly Class uh, from Rick Remender and Wes Craig. We only got four issues this year, guys, but don't care. They were awesome. Um, I love the fact that this is sort of a teenage. I mean, Game of Thrones almost. You don't know that you know whether a main character will survive to the next issue. Um, it's it continues to be a joy and I continue to read it on, you know, release day. 
And I hope we get more issues in 2019. I'm not going to hold my breath, um, but it still uh, remains my favorite ongoing Deadly Class by Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Nice. Definitely was in the running for me. Um, I went with a book that had five issues this year. Um, but similarly is a book that I've loved since it started and, and uh, will be ending next year, sadly. Um, and that is uh, East of West by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragata. Um, the book is, is, is making its stretch run here to the, to the finale. And so those five issues were, you know, the culmination, really the, uh, the apex of, of, of the 35 issues that came before these last five, um, and pulling together just lots of disparate plot points and characters into, uh, you know, the final crescendo as we, um, march toward the finale over the next few issues. So just thought, um, drags was, was at his best. And, and, uh, it's seemingly like the only book that, that Hickman's keeping a regular schedule on too. So, um, just loved, loved every page of it this year. Okay. Well, look at me. I get to give you the deets on the listener's choice for favorite publisher. Uh, in my opinion, they're asked backwards. Um, huh. the, in, in third place with 14% of the How vote, say that? it's uh, Marvel. In the middle with 32% of the votes, it's DC. And in the top slot, 35% of you chose Image. Now I, I this hmm. one this one was a struggle, a very big struggle for me, because um, looking back on all the things I talked about, I brought up the Evernote, and I uh, went back through the whole year. I talked about Seven Seas Entertainment a lot, and they of course produced the Captain Harlock Classic Collection, the Devilman Classic Collection. I talked about Devilman Grimoire. A bunch of times, Devilman versus Hades, Get a Robo Devolution, Soul Liquid Chambers. Seven Seas was was close to my pick for favorite publisher. I also really liked what Alterna did last year. With um, you know, uh, they brought a lot to the table. They had um, I, I liked their approach to creating and selling comics, keep them cheap, keep them diverse. But I didn't go with any of those. Um, I went with the publisher that got me excited about reading superhero comics again. And I would have done them a huge injustice not to celebrate what Marvel brought to the table in 2019 and 2018. Doctor Strange by Mark Wade is is mm. a great book. Jeff Lemire's Sentry miniseries was kicking mm. No Surrender by a bunch of people immortal hulk <laughs> fucking jason aaron's thor is just so damn good shut up david um uh the the black order me bro no the black order i i mean i wait for each issue of these things my favorite publisher of 2018's marvel what the hell is happening Holy shit. <laughs> right I, I'm, I'm i'm glad you left that blank because i i wanted to hear it live and in person oh man that is epic <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but I I I can't not champion their efforts. They 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 started the year out weak, I think, 
But then no surrender kicked in, and and I just don't understand the people that say it's a downturn for Marvel. Are you not reading their books? Or at least not the good ones? Because their good ones are great. Immortal Hulk? Like, give me a break. It's Marvel. Yeah, this was... This was one where I Scotty I was, Young's Deadpool. I'm sorry. I, that, that, no, no, no. See, this is I. I left mine blank because I've been on the fence, and and I was I was hoping, knowing how you know the wind blows and your mood shifts, <laughs> that you were probably going with Marvel, and I was hoping to hear your reasons why. And 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 I know I know what I'm enjoying. It, it it was coming down between Marvel and DC for me, and 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 I know what I'm enjoying with DC. Everybody knows what I'm enjoying from DC, and I don't know if if that's enough to to eke it out for me. And 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 based on everything you've just said about Mar- and, and I'm including you know West Coast Avengers, I'm including Miles Morales. Uh, yeah, we we know we're not keen on what they're doing with Spider-Man or Fantastic Four, but that doesn't discount everything else. Right, it's not the whole doing. line. And yeah. right. So so I mean it doesn't matter if the flagships are crap and it it's it's we're still getting Hulk, we're still getting Avengers, we're still getting Thor, Captain America, Black Panther in space. So I, I forgot about show. that. Yeah. You did. And and uh, so Domino, yeah. West Coast Avengers. Right. Well I said West Coast Avengers, but you're right with Domino. So yeah, I would definitely my my favorite publisher, like Vince, is Marvel. Oh, nice. <sighs> it's so definitely the strongest year in a long time. Four, I was <laughs> right, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I was, I was, I was so tempted. I mean, I was looking over my 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 ordering list, my packing list from DCBS, and I'm like, you know, I definitely. I mean, I, I have a bunch of things from Lion Forge this year, and and I have you know things from Titan this year, and I'm like, but but what what exactly is giving me a little tinkle? And and that's the the, the tickles coming from Marvel right now. Uh, I love it that Vince has like gone from not reading any Marvel yep. to it being his favorite publisher. If anyone yeah, can, like, a, can take the time to uh, go back three years or so and pull one of the episode clips where Vince said akin to, uh, I'm done never. with Marvel forever, I'm never <laughs> reading Marvel again, that would be awesome. I would love to have that as on the loop. Don't yeah, waste your yes. time. Don't do it. No, <laughs> it's no, a but fruitless no, pursuit. I'm, I'm, not tongue in cheek. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing that you know comics can do that. That they can turn your head like that so quickly and get yeah, you back right. in the fold. Yep. Um, the, the books are tell them what so. What the right answer is now, John? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, best publisher of the year, uh, favorite publisher of the year, most amazing publisher of the year. The thing that the 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 company that I read the most things from that really made me think and feel admittedly i don't read uh, single issues as much from them the only thing i read is infinity eight i'm talking about lion forge um water snakes fraternity Mm -hmm. sea of love upgrade soul heracles just i mean i don't read that many original graphic novels and the fact that one company one small company would put out half a dozen that i adored this past year is amazing. Um, I know there are some things with Lion Forge. I mean, there was some news at the towards the end of the year about layoffs and restructuring, and they they do need to clean up their imprints. But you know, listen, they they're putting out amazing stuff, um, high production value on their books, amazing stories. Um, 
it was a no-brainer for me, ultimately. Favorite publisher, Lion Forge. Yep, and uh, probably, I guess, uh, somewhat surprising to listeners, given the small nature of the publisher, I'm with you, man. That's also my favorite publisher. I, For everything you just said, for, for me, it just was one of those years where uh, I don't disagree with Vincent David. I think Marvel had an a awesome year, bounce-back year. Um, nice to see. But just like you said, those books to everyone you mentioned, I have the same notes. Upgrade Soul, Sea of Love, Fraternity, Water Snakes, Infinity 8. Um, each one just surprised me in such a way. And just each one was so distinctive. And um, it just was it, it just seemed like every time I was feeling like in a rut, I'd get in my shipment this beautiful hardcover. Right. And I'd open it up and I'd read it and I think, well, that's something like, like nothing I've read in a long time, if ever. And then I look on the back and, oh, it's by Lion Forge, mostly from the Millennium Collection. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. History tells me that this is probably the only year Lion Forge is ever getting this award. Sure. Um, but damn if, if they didn't deserve it for me this year because I just every one of those books is a treasure. I mean, the fact that we just mentioned Sea of Love two and a half hours into this thing is, is baffling because that was just such an amazing book. You I mean, loved it, right? Yeah. yeah, if we had a best romantic book or best, that would be that would have won it going away. So yeah, I'm with right. you. I'm with you. I got to put my book for all ages on best romantic book. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Wow, I get creator of the year. Last two, the big, the last two, the final. This doesn't seem right, but I'm here. We go. Uh, creator of the year. Um, the listener votes. Third place, Jason Aaron with 4%. And then there is a sizable jump to our second and first <laughs> place. <laughs> and razor thin, Dog it looks like, was the, was the difference between second and first place. Second place for the listeners, Tom King with 29%. And first place, he's been talked about maybe... Once or twice tonight, Jeff Lemire with thirty percent of the votes. Um, I don't disagree with any of those. I think they've done amazing things. They're writer centric. I um, held back on another category earlier in the evening um, because I feel like this person deserves Creator of the Year, um, and I'm talking about Mitch Garrods. He put out seven issues chock full of amazingly constructed nine panel grids for Mr. Miracle, um, plus variant covers. There is some serious digital alchemy going on out there in Arizona. Um, <laughs> he, he's sort of what's amazing, I think, and that, and I, I know you guys have talked about it, I'm prone to it also hyperbole. <laughs> He, what he's doing, I think, not just in that, if you guys have read, um, I think it was Batman 62 or 63, anyway, um, he, he is the future of comics. He is embracing digital and the things that digital art can do in a way that I don't think we've seen before. I know, you know, there are a lot of people who work digitally where the, it looks traditional on the page. And I think what, what Mitch is doing, he is working digitally in a way that he's saying, you know what? I can do whatever I want. You know, this isn't like Batman digital justice, you know, from, you know, the eighties, you know, he is, <laughs> he is, you know, I'm going to take a piece of paper outside. I'm going to pour some coffee on it. I'm going to leave it out in the Arizona sun, let it you know, get all withered and, 
you know, I'm going to take it in, I'm going to scan it, I'm going to use that in a page, you know, and I'm going to put scotch tape on things, and I'm going to use what looks like VHS tracking um, <laughs> wobbles in my panels. The things that he's doing, I feel like are he is completely unafraid to experiment with the form of printed comics. And I just, of, of all the creators this year that I read and enjoyed, the things that Mitch are, is doing you know, on the pages that he's worked on and the covers that he's worked on, it's just, I, 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 I couldn't wait to see what was happening um, with each passing issue of Mr. Miracle and with this fill-in issue recently, although that's not technically you know, applicable to these awards. I just, he's my creator of the year and I think well-deserved for that. Well said. Um, well, for me, probably no surprise. I'll go through it one more time. Black Hammer, Age of Doom, hmm. Bloodshot Salvation, Dr. Star, Cthulhu Wheeze, Terrifics, Descender, Royal City, Sentry, Quantum Age, Gideon Falls. 10 for 10 this year. My creator of the year, without question, Mr. Jeff Lemire. Yeah, what Jason said. Um, I, I Looking over everything that came out this year, and, and I mean, he could have been the writer-artist who does it all for me as well, because he, he truly does. Um, unfortunately, it's a year that Matt Wagner's putting out his book. So hmm. I think compared to every, I, there's just, yeah, I, I look at everybody else. Yeah. I, I, I consider Tom, I, I yeah. but I, enjoying the hell out of Batman heroes crisis. And, and, and of course, Mr. Miracle, but, um, in this case, it's, it's not just quality. It's also, um, it's not just quantity; it's also quality, and 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 Jeff's Jeff's doing it in spades. So, I, I got to go with him for my creator of the year. Respect. Well, I'm going with the guy that spoke directly to me. The guy that gave me an incredibly complex, deep as a well take on one of my favorite characters. My creator of the year is Al Ewing. Holy mm. shit! <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Damn! Talking about coming from way back to inch out of victory, Jesus! Started from the bottom. Favorite writer and creator of the year. Yep. Respect. Wow. I love that. We're gonna see if we can get him on the show. I would like that. That would be great. Okay. I don't think we've ever have we ever even met him. No, we've no. met him, right? Nice. I may even All give right. him a reach around when I see him. Maybe. Maybe. May. Yeah. All right, the final category of the night. Comic of the year. Wow. Yes, yes. Uh, in third place, with 6% of the vote, Black Hammer, Age of Doom. In second place, with 11% of the vote, Batman. And in first place, with 20% of the vote. Pretty hefty, considering that you know you could literally vote for any comic of any form in this category. 20% of the vote, the runaway winner for our audience's favorite comic of the year, Mr. Miracle. I will point out that second and first were both Tom King written books. The man <laughs> continues to crush it. Um, 
and in in this in this case, I agree with the audience. I uh, that's the correct I, answer. Yeah, the 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 big answer <laughs> a lot for me this year was Mister Miracle. Um, it's uh, you know when when Tom told us he was going to do Mister Miracle, I a little part of me thought, mm, like, is this Tom's huh. attempt to do you know at DC what he did with the Vision at Marvel and can he go back to the well? Like, is that really possible? Um, or is it going to feel derivative? And damn, do I feel stupid for having that inkling of a thought even for a millisecond because um, as much as I love the vision, and I very much do love it, uh, I think this was even better. Um, it was more cohesive. It had more heart. It was uh, more, a lot more personal. Yeah, yeah more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a, as, a, as a father and someone who has a you know intense career, uh, I love the questions he asks. You know, I think he... He 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 had us thinking about things that the quote unquote modern man thinks about that that I don't think you would have ever thought to see in a comic book even ten years ago, much less twenty, thirty, forty years ago. So I love that, and um, it's just it's it's one of the more human superhero books that have hit the stands in a long, long time. So yeah, my my favorite comic of the year, uh, and happy happily happy to say is uh, Mister Miracle. I have been tossing between three all night and I I'm going Mr. Miracle. It is it was it was yes. so close to be there was <laughs> there was three. There's absolutely three. I'm so torn on. Who were the other uh, two? Shout them out. The Terrifics. Okay. And Mage the Hero of the Night. Okay. But I it, it, Mr. Miracle is it completed and um it was just I, I know how that story ends and and um you know i just that it, it, it is what it is it, it's just you know it, there's really no two ways about it. it everything in my mind was putting up a fight but um it, it, there kind of is only one clear winner for me many considerations for this hmm. Comic of the year. Uh, the Terrifics were in the running because it's so good. Jeff mm-hmm. Lemire Company. Um, I cannot discount Jason Aaron's Thor. It's it's monumental. But uh, my comic of the year is <laughs> is Immortal Hulk. <laughs> oh, comics are great. <laughs> <laughs> love I it. love you. I hurt you so much. Was that it? No, you're up. Okay. You're All right. Up, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems sort of anticlimactic, but man, this is if there's such a thing, I am quintuple dipping on this title. Um, I got it digitally. I got both variant single issues. I've already pre-ordered the paperback Barnes and Noble exclusive edition. And I'm sure I'll get whatever future hardcover edition is coming out. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Miracle. Um, it's everything that Jason said, um, the things that David talked about. Um, I love the fact that it took these characters that I love that Jack Kirby created and made them more relatable. Um, I, I loved it. From start to finish, it was the thing I could not wait to read on on Wednesdays when it came out. 
it was it was a triumph um, from start to finish. And yeah, comic of the year, Mister Miracle. From DC. there we go. Yeah, all wrapped up in a nice tidy bow. And that does it. Another year in comics, fellas. Yep. And if you would like to get any of these comics, you know where to go. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, get you all that stuff and even more stuff for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. Keep in mind, from Marvel, it's the Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History, number one, for $1.99. Invisible Kingdom out of Dark Horse is $1.99 as well. And from Kodansha, it's Gleepnir. The uh, graphic novel, volume one, will cost you $7.14. Uh, we ran long, so in your travels, check out, if you haven't read them already, uh, check out anything we talked about in mm. the uh, previous three hours, and enjoy, because there's a whole lot of goodness in there. Yeah, I'll um, actually throw out a title, and I'll just say Miles Morales Spider-Man. Okay. Well, before I do my inner travels, we uh, we have some business to take care of. As promised, we have to pick the the winner for the Omni Boo. So, John, before we uh, we have one more task before you do your inner travels as well. Okay. Give me a number between one and one hundred and seventy-five, please. Oh, one hundred and thirty-three. Okay, hold on. All right. Well, congratulations to Mr. Tyler Verissimo. Wow. <laughs> yes. Good for Tyler. Tyler Verissimo. Tyler, I know you're listening. A, uh, a patron as well, which is awesome. But you are the winner of the Omni Boo, sir. So we will uh, hit you up on the Slack if you don't hear this tomorrow. And uh, you will choose an Omni Boo that's in print. And I will send it off to you. So congrats. Very nice. That's great. Very nice. That's awesome. Um, in your travels... Um, Rather than talk about comics, because we've done a lot of that tonight, um, you know, I, we love that you listen to our podcast, and we hope you continue to do that. Uh, but I'm sure some of you listen to other podcasts as well, and there are a few I'd like to uh, call your attention to. Um, while, when in your travels, if you want to listen to another show, after you've listened to ours, of course, mm-hmm. um, give Southern Fried Geekery a try. Our man, uh, Mr. Caleb Alexander McKinsey, has been doing this now, and uh, I meant to shout it out last week, and I forgot. But uh, they're actually on episode 54. They have just passed their one-year anniversary. And it's he and a couple of his buddies from from southern parts. Uh, but uh, but Caleb's the, the the ringleader. He's the, the Vince B of the crew. And uh, they have a very nice nice uh, back and forth. It's it's a fun show. And they, they, too, just did their 2018 awards show uh, last episode. So give that a try. And then shout-out to our longtime friend and uh, – and, and longtime uh, supporter of our of our show, uh, Mr. Daryl Taylor. He's got a host of podcasts on the Taylor Network, which I think most of you know. But he just launched three new shows. Um, yeah, it's crazy, right? Jesus. But uh, but he launched one, uh, Star Wars Conversations, which of course is going to discuss all things Star Wars, not just the comics, but uh, cartoons, books, uh, movies, all that. Um, they launched a, a new Marvel show. He's not the host of, of the Marvel show, but it's, it's going to be a. Uh, I, I doubt it'll be anything as good as Bullpen Bolton's was, but it, maybe it'll be a, a a nice replacement for that since it's been a few years since you guys did one of those episodes. 
Um, and then he he's the host of of a uh, of a new show that is, I believe, airing officially next week, which is DC All Stars, which is a DC centric uh, podcast. So you can find all those at the Taylor Network of Podcasts or on your podcatcher of choice. Does he not sleep? Hmm. Crazy, right? Man. Yeah, because he hosts. Well, he hosts No Apologies, which I listen to and love. We've had most of the hosts of that show on. He does um, Nothing's On, which is a TV show. He does uh, The TARDIS, which talks about uh, Doctor Who. Mommy. Um, Go Trek Yourself, talks about Star Trek. He does Culture Trapping with uh, Sean Pryor and Gil and, um, and Julian, which is, uh, frankly, it's like, it's like a show about black culture, you know, or, or for black geeks perspective on different, different stuff in, in pop culture. And then they do Gotham guy by geeks. Although I don't think he hosts that. I think that's, that's Campbell and some other guys, but he does that one. So yeah, dude's dude, dude's busy. Hmm. He's busy. John, what do we got for your travels? Yeah, just a couple of quick things. Um, just, uh, picking up the bit on, uh, that topic, uh, cartoonist kayfabe, uh, oh, project yeah. by uh, Jim yeah, Rugg right, and Ed yeah. Piscor. I made the mistake of just downloading it as a podcast to start. It is really better um, experienced uh, through their YouTube channel uh-huh. because they are quite literally flipping through every page of each issue of Wizard Comics from one mm-hmm. to issue 75. I think they're up to issue 11 now. And it's hilarious. It's fun. It's a nice walk down memory lane. You know, we talk about a lot of the things we like about comics, you know, driven by nostalgia and yeah, it's, it's, it's a real treat. So, um, check that out. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was something that, listen, our, the hosts of this show are not known for being inhibited. Um, and the things they talk about, (laughs) but one thing I think that everyone who's listened to the show can probably admit when they talk about the Patreon, um, site and supporting this podcast this thing is a labor of love for these guys they've been doing it for a long time it wasn't until fairly recently that they started the patreon site i jumped in with both feet because it was like i've been listening to these guys talk they've been taking time out of their day you know to talk about comics for two to three hours a night for what at this point 11 years right and when you think about the value proposition of what was it, Jason? Last year, you had you put on Facebook. What was it? Sixty-eight 66, episodes. Sixty-six. Sixty-six yeah. episodes in 2018, and you started thinking about the value proposition of becoming a patron. This is starting to sound like a you know public television membership drive, and I know this is not something you guys would ever do because you don't want people to feel obligated. But as a patron, man, come on, <laughs> support what these guys are doing. Um, it's amazing. They engage with, uh, their listenership through social media. Um, these care packages that they send out, you know, for people at the $10 a month level, amazing. Um, at the $20 a month level, you know, the Slack channel, I know you guys are getting ready to refigure some of those things. So, um, and who knows, maybe one day one of them will text you and ask you to be on the show. So, um, anyway, seriously think about supporting uh this podcast if you're not and i hope that doesn't embarrass you guys but i really felt like you guys give it the soft sell because you want to make it sound like you know listen you gotta come join the fun listen come on now this is less than you know 
less than a comic book, you know, cover price, you know, um, you know, for a three hour episode, you know, if you're given $20 a month, oh, man. Say. you got a so, over here. That's really sweet of you. Anyway, you. I just, I felt like, you know, as a, as a patron, I wanted to say that. And, um, like I said, I think it's a credit to you guys that you don't give that hard sell when you talk about it, but Hey, since I'm just in the fourth chair for this one night, I can do it. So <laughs> there you have it. Thank you. The check is in the mail. <laughs> right. Thank you, Thank sir. You. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this rundown of our favorite stuff from 2018. Join us next week when it'll be all new, all different. <laughs> we'll get it. <laughs> we'll get into some, uh, some new stuff. And uh, in the meantime, join us on the Facebooks. Our group is alive and kicking. Yeah. Always, always something going on there. We're on the Twitters. And if you would like to check out our Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Fun stuff. In the meantime, as always, we got to do it. Say good night, David. Good night, David. Yes, and please remember, if you want to create a little rap or something different or something off the wall to fill up the space between the time that I say, say goodnight, and then I say, David, send it on in. I'll, I'll <laughs> gladly go through it because silence, not as good as you know what I mean? So just do it. We love you so much. And love you so much. John, thank you for being here with us. You were Seriously. great. You were great, man. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah I appreciate sure. it. It was an absolute pleasure. Hmm. Yeah. No the pleasure it. was mine. Aww. Let's bring it on home, boys. Say goodnight. Later. Say goodnight. <laughs>